Hey, we got numbers. Here we got numbers. Hey, folks, welcome to Cleveland Moto Podcast, episode number 421. Later, my boys. And we're on the way. So uh, congrats to Sleepy for doing a wonderful job. Did, Chris, did you get a live one back there? I did. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I just heard this. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? It's like Chris took the snorting beer. He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keeps, keeps me looking young. We're gonna snort beer and drink drugs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, hats off to last week's podcast because Sleepy put the little border around it with all the weed smoke oh, and everything. It was super yeah. fun. It was <laughs> great. Man. It was really fun. Had a good time with it. And you know what? Ceremonial. What's funny is it sounded really good. Yeah, like we somehow <laughs> sounded better. Maybe we're. Oh, but this poll in the video, yeah. we've got to make this poll flat black. Okay. That poll. Yeah, that poll is our sixth or seventh or eighth podcast member. Yeah, right. So unless we dress oh, we him could. up. What if we did that? What if we just like made him a mascot? Get Google got guys. Him I have something at home that's inflatable that we oh can put on that poll. Oh, oh, no, we should totally make him a wacky arm uh, arm with him. How about if he's just flat black? Okay. Yeah. How about we just, how <laughs> we just go full flat black? Because, because I've had more than one person comment about like, wow, that pole sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, what is it painted with? And I was like, it's painted in 50-year-old, you know, off tan latex. Beige. It is. <laughs> it's lead. It's good. Yes, it's lead. Is <laughs> yeah. it's flaking off? Dan, well, Dan keeps licking it's it. Probably like three <laughs> coats of three coats of acrylic or uh, latex over top of lead paint. Are there napkins or paper towels anymore? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You should ask your bartender. <laughs> On top of the fridge. We're pretty well set up down here. I'm pretty happy with it. It's it's. <laughs> Goddamn if amazing. If there's anything missing, just write down a list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a punch list. You know it'll happen. We've got the monitor now, so people can see what we're talking about. Yep, yep. That's we're you know Getting that was a, every day. That was a complaint. Yep, and that took no fucking short period of time to set that. Oh, that right. was harder than I thought. But yeah, people get snippy for this free entertainment they get all the time. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, for some people, it's not free. I, I was, think this is a good chance for well, us. Well, if to it was a guy, thank our Patreon listeners. Thank our Patreon watchers. listeners. Yeah, some it's people a, are actually paying. Yeah, they do pay. Yeah, and uh, and and in, the rest of them we make them pay. Right, and and it is a fun. I mean, it is a fun thing when when I get the updates and stuff from Patreon members that are subscribing and Patreon members that are uh, are. Well, they're not unsubscribing, but we've had one or two people drop from the $20 level to the $10 level to the $5 level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You you showed up, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You showed up. You did your thing. I really do appreciate it. See, I am having an effect. <laughs> it's, um, what I, <laughs> uh, what On I, that note. Oh, man. I hope people made it to the end of last one. <laughs> it was it was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm an asshole. Damn. 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 <laughs> your, your mouth. New tagline. Your mouth to God's ears, right? That's yeah. my own brand of merchandising. It's just going to be I'm an asshole. That's all. Again, that's <laughs> OEO with your face. Right, Dennis Leary. Exactly. You know, maybe I'm it's time asshole. for a 25 year uh, Dennis Leary revival. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The uh, but I do have, uh, there There are some, I thought you guys might be interested in hearing, that we have had a little bit of activity, pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Let's get Tom on cocaine and see. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick note, Mrs. Smith tells us that Bryce Young was the number one pick to the Panthers. She's keeping us up. What's that? 
on the NFL draft. Mrs. I think Madden. it's football. Oh, it sounds like football. Yeah, I don't have any idea what that means. That's okay. That's <laughs> this is a number one pick hey, for the you Panthers. Know, <laughs> you know, like... the one thing. I, okay, I mean, I, I came from the New. I came from. That's all we had to say. I came from New Orleans. Is that different than? So I understand the Saints. So coming to an area with the Browns, I understand why nobody gives a crap about football up here. <laughs> no, I do. I don't care what team it is. Right. I don't care about football. <laughs> the fuck are you no, no. I mean, that's about. why it sets up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, you do. I don't get. I, mean, that. No, I don't reason, get that one. But the reason that I don't like football is because in high school I got beat up by football guys every day. So why would I like a sport glorify <laughs> something of the people that beat my ass up all the time? Well, fuck that. Look, if I'm gonna wear a hat that's got somebody else's logo on it. Yeah. Right. It's going to be something I'm I'm fucking super duper into. Sleepy, you right. just needed tougher yeah. freaks at your school. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. So what does your hat say? Used to kick the jocks ass oh, in, in city, gym class at softball and football. Oh really? Wrestling. I mean I everything. Been there either. It was a dollar man. The long hair, the long hair freaks would show up and, and give the give the jocks a hard well, time. I mean, Just watch the lingerie league, and that's what fo- football should right? be. Right there you go. I mean, I can get that on board. Oh, oh yeah. God, okay, I'd watch a that. Great thing. I'd watch. That. It is the thing. So continue on, Phil. We, you so were rudely interrupted. Yeah, where were we? So, uh, Alex, Alex, we love you, Alex. Trebek. Alex Gabrowski did just edited their pledge from ten dollars down to five dollars. <laughs> As you should. We understand, Alex. <laughs> Times are tough. <laughs> this this recession's hitting all of us. Uh, we we get it. You're totally fine. We don't love you any less, but we did just call you out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so make a note of that. If you lower your lower lower your Patreon, so just we call so you know, all ten dollar level. <laughs> <laughs> Right. We have a special surprise. <laughs> and if you're and if you're a ten dollar level listener, you can this feel week. you can feel five dollars better than Alex. <laughs> Just keep that in mind, folks. It's not your value to yourself; it's literally your value to us. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So if you want to know that, that's the difference. We have no problem you with you what? changing your donation yeah, amount. I'm gonna nobody go nuts. needs to punch down at him. No, nobody no, needs to punch look, down next week. Only ten dollars and up. I'm going to cut out all the punchlines of every joke, and so oh. put that as like the ten and under one, and then we can. Can pump. we try it? Let's do a test right now. Okay. Okay. So Dave Osterday sent us a joke. Okay. What do you call a nurse with dirty knees? Head nurse. No, they wouldn't hear that. Because <laughs> he, he just edited out the joke. <laughs> he just hit the cough button. Yeah. Now I have to edit that like, out. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> right. So you get Wait. You're going to edit that out for. Literally just for the people at that level. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. You do not have enough going on at your new job. You have way too much no, free time I, at your new job. Me, I have a lot coming. I'm finally finishing this one project I've been working on for six months, and I am ready for something else. Good man. Yes. Uh, so uh, John Bonesteel. Yes, that is his real fucking oh, name. Yeah. John Bonesteel sent us this beautiful greeting from Kyoto, uh, Japan, and uh, I. It is. Six, it is six tanukis. <laughs> six, not one, not two, but six goddamn tanukis in one spot. And uh, I, I've got to say, that's pretty cool. Uh, I will bring it up on the it's uh, six tanukis. It is six is goddamn that, is tanukis. That called a no, podcast of tanukis. It's a gaggle of tanukis. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. I, I do oh, not, nice. <laughs> I do not nah, know I what you call out. it. I, I put it up for the, the podcast yeah, viewers fair. right now. But uh, let's right. see who, who is who in the Tanuki. That, who's your spirit Tanuki? Right. Who is your spirit Tanuki? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, some, there's definitely a whole podcast. That is a, a group of Tanukis. Is, I did look it up. A group of Tanukis is called 
A podcast? A podcast of Tanukis. <laughs> yeah, that is a, pod, that's a podcast of oh, Tanukis. That makes it right simple. There. It is a podcast of Tanukis. So John Bonesteel from Kyoto, uh, from Kyoto, Japan, sent us this picture. Awesome. And that is just about heaven right there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah, I, I've got this. Uh, Dono regato. Dono regato for the Tanukis. Uh, I've got this funny fantasy thing going on in my brain where I'm like, I can't wait for Chris Ashmore to get done with his deployment in Japan so he can bring home the Suzuki SW3 that he's bringing me because that Suzuki is going to be called (laughs) the Tanuki SW3, right? It will never be called the Suzuki ever again because I think it should just be called the the Suzuki Tanuki. Uh, Very happy with it. Totally excited about the whole idea, thinking it's going to be a lot of fun. So just thought that was a good thing from one of our podcast listeners, John Bonesteel. Thank you so very much. I have uh, a shareable, too, at some point. You have a shareable? Yes. What you got there, buddy? Well, you know how you bought the the, little, the Volkswagen model yeah, yeah, of yeah. the bus and everything? Yes, I tried to buy a cooler. So I bought some tank badges for a motorcycle and... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Right. You know, I, I, these were the cheap ones. I'm like, man, those are really cool. That, ah, oh, that's a great price. I've got. Did you get my wish.com? I've got to get those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god! Oh my god! These are my tank badges or buttons, should I say? Wait a if, second, if man! You're just listening to this on the podcast without seeing it, John's holding up two badges that are about what the size There's, of a quarter. The size of a yeah, quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, they are perfectly scale. Yeah. If your motorcycle was thirty yeah. percent scale, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize they were RC for oh. a rear remote control motorcycle. <laughs> so okay, now I got a problem though, because now I want the RC motorcycle. Those go yeah, right, on. right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, is that a thing? So, I mean, they're, oh, they're yeah. real nice. I mean, yeah. No, maybe it, I could use them somewhere. Have you have you never seen the RC motorcycles? They've that had those like for a, ages. It looks like a key fob. Like sticker. That does look a key fob sticker. If they were about two to three hundred percent bigger, yeah, yeah, they'd be what I wanted. (laughs) Well, you know what though, Honda is very proud of their badges. When you go to buy their badges, they are expensive, man. Well, these are probably not made by Honda. (laughs) I don't think they're made. Go out on a limb and say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were only like eight bucks, so I don't feel too bad. Yeah, I should have known better, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's sometimes you're just hastily like I just want to get things ordered. And, I get that. You know? Yeah, I, t- I totally totally understand. That makes wow. perfect sense. Damn man, that's something. The uh, that's that whole that whole you got the wish version of that idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time I ordered a hose for my scout one time. And yeah. Like, oh, it's the and it was this big. What? I'm like, it looked like a radiator. Yeah, it had course. the same part number and everything. And I got, I'm like, wow, that's really cheap. And I got it, and it was this it was thing. A, it was a was different a little scale model. The thing is, I don't think that hose exists anywhere on a real scale. I was going to say, yeah. And and if it and if it did, why would you like if, from the scale model standpoint? <laughs> nobody's getting to that level of creativity. You're going to open the hood on the scale model and make sure that the coolant hoses are all accurate. Uh, there are some of them, dudes. If you go they on do, YouTube, really. there are some dudes that like. Oh no! It's there's a dude before the war. He's a Russian dude. Yeah, he made cars out of tin foil, but he layered it and then made it into sheets of aluminum, and then actually rolled the aluminum and made like the whole car. What the fuck? Yeah, and it's it's, it's crazy. There's some people that have way too much. I was gonna say. Yeah, that's I a, really that's like, a great story. Thanks. I don't have. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have time to do the things I have to do. Right. Right. 
I don't stop. I get I show up to the shop in the morning. Every time I get to the shop two hours early, yeah. I leave an hour late. Right. Yeah. So it's just an inverse relationship of time to work. It's like the train guys who've done like massive train layouts. Peggy's grandfather had really? this thing. It was the yeah. whole attic. I'm like, you must have been so miserable. You must have hated your wife. <laughs> you just right. went up but in the attic and just buried right. yourself in this alternate reality. But of, it's sad to see you, that on Marketplace. It's like pick oh. up and just move it. You know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like, I have. A, I have. A, it's all in a tub in my basement now. And what are you going to do with it? I'm never going to have that kind of time. Yeah, my dad, for us, when I was a little kid, my dad had enough time. He'd get done with his factory job. He'd come home, and he would spend time with me. We build an HO train set on a four-by-eight sheet of ply, and it was it was nice. I mean, he went to a lot of trouble artistically making things and, and did a nice job, and then it had four eye bolts in the corners, and it would hang from the ceiling Beautiful. of the garage so that when it came playtime, He'd disconnect it, drop it down, plug it into the wall, and we could play around with the trains or paint or do whatever we're doing. Absolutely quality time. Absolutely quality time. And then uh, my brother and sister, the twins, came along. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah, right? So that first one gets all the attention. They get they get all the attention that mom and dad can lay on them. Mm-hmm. And then the the brother and sister showed up with, you know... <laughs> and they, pants. They were just... And not only, needs. They had not, needs. Not only were they twins... But they were twins that had issues. Oh. And so that, and all of a sudden, then it wasn't like little hand-painted figures and shit like that. My baby book is six inches thick. My brother <laughs> and sister have baby pamphlets. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's the shit you get when you go to church. Yeah. Fuck you, because yeah. I was the third son. Oh, you were the third? And I literally have a flat spot on the back of my head where I just <laughs> laid in the crib and they never took me They out. never turned you. My fucking skull hardened. They never in, turned you. You know. I'm like number five of nine. <laughs> <laughs> you were lucky to have survived. The one thing that's good, though, is you had four siblings that are older than you that were kind of looking after you and taking care of it. I'm going to say that, I'll be honest, an eight-year-old does not give good, proper child care to a set of twins, especially when that eight-year-old is fighting for bandwidth. So I wasn't the best babysitter. Maybe a good example with me is my parents let me go to New Orleans when I was 15 with, (laughs) with, with my friend who was 18. Oh, oh God! Oh, that's good parenting right there. Yeah, I mean, that, again. Yeah, what, there what were can go kids. wrong in what New Orleans when you're 15 years old? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, you know. I mean, as a, it'll be fine. As long as he doesn't come back with a beard, I don't, right. no, we're fine. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's. Uh, that's just a straight up handful. Uh, it's been fun at the shop. I wanted to give you guys an update. In one day, three Motoguzzi V7s came in. Yep. Wow. In one day. Like, it was just somebody threw the switch and said, all the Moto Guzzi V7s need to come in right now. And they did. And it was hilarious because they just all showed up. And it's it's a bike that I am particularly fond of. Catch me up to speed on this because I don't think you're selling Moto Guzzi's anymore. You're right, John. We're not selling them. They, they smelled me out. Oh, they needed service. Yeah. Oh, okay. They didn't no, come no, no. They weren't in boxes. It, no, no. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the V7s that I, showed you up. You said seven V7s right. showed up. It, I thought it was boxes it of was new bikes. I, you know what? You're right. I, you know, yeah, that. <laughs> I did not clarify. I don't put it past Piaggio to do that to you, though. They did sign, they did sign me up for Piaggio. I'm sorry. They did sign me up for the Moto Guzzi training course. Yeah. And I got oh. like, they were... Resp- 
I went down to see them at the AIM Expo in Vegas, and I popped into the booth and said hi to all the Piaggio people. And it's always an edgy conversation because I'm not really nice to them. <laughs> and uh, over the phone or They're not going to stay around anyway. <laughs> or in person. And uh, so it's a tough conversation sometimes because I ask for things. They don't necessarily deliver on them. And then they deliver on things I didn't ask for, strangely enough. But those things usually have a price tag. But the... Uh, <laughs> But they were like, yeah, how come you didn't show up to Gucci training? And I was like, <laughs> I thought you all worked there. Because I'm not a fucking dude. I figured there'd be a poster on the wall at Piaggio. <laughs> says, do not send Moto Guzzi's to this man. Right? <laughs> uh, because of the trouble that happened last time, they sent me Guzzi's I didn't order. You know? And, but no, these are in the service component. These are, these are people that are customers for yeah. us. Okay. And that makes sense yeah, to me now. They did... So until they opened a dealer in Columbus, our only resource in Ohio was Cincinnati, which for people that are not familiar with Ohio geography, um, that's one Germany away. So <laughs> it just gives you an idea of how far Cincinnati is from Cleveland. So people that had these motorcycles that they bought from me, remember I was the number one Moto Guzzi dealer in America. So that means we sold a few. So at, least, the, at least six. The one year 59. Yeah. Right. So I'll put that number up against oh, yeah. any dealer in America yeah. as far as like, so you thought you sold some Moto Guzzi's last year. Yeah. But we sold a lot of Moto Guzzi's. And in the years that we had them as a franchise, though all those people, including Chris, became customers. And all those people needed support. And including Chris. Including Chris. Including Chris. And when the great especially Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Johnny. And when the great when the great um, drought or the great exodus from Moto Guzzi happened and a whole bunch of dealers quit being dealers, that left only one in the state of Ohio. And Chris did not want to take his motorcycle to Cincinnati for basic fucking maintenance. And Guzzi Piaggio Group thought, you know what? It's better to let me service their customers, even though I was no longer a dealer, <laughs> than it was for them to explain how they only had one other dealer and he was several hundred miles away. So they kind of kept my Gucci service system, you know, the membership you have to be a part of. Excellently didn't turn it off. <clears throat> yeah, and they let me pay the money to keep it going. Yeah, too. The, the associated bank account was the, the part subscription part. fee, right? Because you do have to pay for that. It's not free. So they let me keep having it. But then they did light up a dealer in Columbus. Now, I'm sure if I were the dealer that got lit up in Columbus and got set up, I wouldn't be real happy about losing a bunch of service work to this guy up in Cleveland that hasn't been a Gucci dealer for like four or five fucking years, right? So, or maybe I'll, you would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I do have to change the front wheel on an MG, what is the thing in? Uh, MGX 21. Yeah. Batman's Was that, the, wheel on Was that the Flying Fortress one? Flying oh, Fortress. Yes. Oh, it looks amazing. It is not gonna lie. It's growing on. I me. still can't believe though. They're like, okay, hey, can you sell our bikes? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, can you fix them? Yeah, we can fix them. Yeah. Okay, but to get the information, you got to pay us. Yes. Yeah. But, like, can you imagine the meeting when they came up with that? They were like, dude, you think they're gonna go for it? Nah, but let's try it anyways. What's gonna happen? You know. And then uh, they, there's a there's a whole company out there called Surf Pro. Yeah. And uh, their job is so that they can be the go-between for warranty claims and warranty support and parts support for about 20 brands of motorcycles. Hmm. And if you have one of those 20 brands of motorcycles, you have to pay a subscription fee. And it's a lot. 
It's a lot more money than you want to pay so that you can have access to the parts and warranty system for that motorcycle uh, that, that this customer wants to have, that wants to have running and functional. Yeah. So I do caution people when they're like, oh, well, you know, this guy used to be a Gootsie dealer. He's not a Gootsie dealer anymore. Call him and ask him, can you service my bike? And then follow it up by saying like, this is the work my bike needs mm-hmm. because I can do just about anything that needs to be done to Moto Guzzi, except for when there's a computer involved. Right. So if there's something that needs to be digitally altered, changed electronically yep. through their diagnostic system, we're not going to be able to do that. But for maintenance kind of things, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So we have no problem with that. But when a guy calls up and says like, <clears throat> he's not getting any spark. He's got a dashboard that's not lit up or something like that. I'm, I can't help you with that. Yeah, There's right. absolutely nothing I can help you with on that. So it is a tough spot. So we do still work on these Moto Guzzi motorcycles. And it is funny that I wasn't real happy about entertaining the work of the former Royal Enfield owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once we were no longer a Royal Enfield dealer, I kind of felt like baby bathwater gone. Okay, no problem. I don't. That's not my. That's not my problem anymore. You got another guy, but I do actually like working on the Moto Guzzi's. I do enjoy them as motorcycles. I like them a lot. And it was just funny that the the one day it was like it just rained V sevens, mm. and it was a, a funny thing too that this is apparently the time when they all need tires. So all the bikes that yep. I sold in 2015, uh, yep. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're getting their first set of new shoes in eight years. Yep. So and, yeah. when that you're doesn't s- make any sense, though. Hang on to your tires. Well, no, no, no. The past five years. Well, no, I think the highest Boy. mileage of one of them was, what, 3,000? Yeah, about yeah, three, was, four, yeah, three, three or 4,000. They only had 3,000 miles on the Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, you start to realize how rare it is. five years, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all know that. Yeah. But that information does not get out as far as you think it does. When you see the number of people, um, we have a bike that's a 2009 in the shop right now with 2,120 miles on it. The 2001 to 2,120 miles doesn't make up for the fact that the bike is, you know, 14 years old. And yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You've, you've forgotten what I mentioned the other day. We have a P125X in the shop. Yeah, but that's forgivable. That's a, it's a, that's a scooter. It's a motor scooter with split rims and inner tubes and the whole deal. Yeah. And it's a front tire. And, and I honestly have had customers buy vintage tires I've had or come into my oh, shop and say, oh, yeah. do you have any Continental speed lines or whatever? Because I want my bike to be period correct. <laughs> and that, I look... If that's what blows your skirt up, I bu- yeah. I got a period correct white wall for my Honda Dream. Yeah, that bike's never going to go over fifty five miles an hour. Yeah, and, but it looks sexy doing it. And uh, but when people have a bike that they're riding, yeah, and they come in on fourteen or fifteen year old rubber, then you're like, oh man, that hurts because you have a hard time telling them you need two tires. Well, why do I need two tires? Oh, because they're thirteen years old. Well, why do I need two tires? Look at them. There's tons of tread on them. I'm like, yeah, but it's your tire got wider. It's separating in the middle. Your tire is rubbing on the engine cases or it's rubbing on the swing arm because the tire is literally separating. And it is not a well-published thing. I think as motorcycle people, it wouldn't be a bad idea to tell a friend. Uh, Let the world know, hey, I'm a motorcycle person. You're a motorcycle person too. You've got your let's just say eight-year-old Harley or your eight-year-old Sportster. 
I notice you don't ride very much. Are you on your factory tires? Oh, I'm on my factory tires. Change that. Yeah. You know, uh, because in the rest of our world, what do we do? We replace our, our pants when they have holes in them, right? We replace our shoes when they wear out. Nobody except Merrill Shoe Company helps you realize that your shoes are worn out by making the glue fail that holds the top yeah. of the shoe to the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> they have memes about that. They always show like the, the coal mining kid yeah. and he's all there and there's like a really nice looking kid next to him. And yeah. It's like your tire, your 14 year old tires watching you put the new Chrome exhaust on Fuck. your motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I guarantee that is 100% yeah. true. And this is the time of the year yeah. when they all come in. Uh, Tom? I like to take all my new tires and I put them up in the attic of my garage <laughs> for 10 years Season. and let them extra vulcanize them, yeah. in the 120, 40 degrees that it gets up it's there. Good idea. Come to I've the, got a couple uh, that are about ready to come out. Come to the uh, <laughs> come to the AMA booth for Cleveland Moto this year. We're gonna have a oh god, yeah. We're gonna have a fine selection of artisanally aged. <sighs> Dry aged tires Dry. that still have the parts unlimited oh, wrapping yeah. on them. They're brand new. They've never been mounted. Yeah, you I've just heard. want to go over to the burnout pit and sit there for like six hours and <laughs> not even <laughs> leave, not even lose. A, you know, make a groove. Still smoke. ride the next day. Yeah, <laughs> barely make smoke. I, I heard. I heard boat age tires do a little better though. <laughs> I do not believe in your boat age tires. Uh, but it is a, it is a thing, and people do people should be aware of that because it becomes a problem. The minute it becomes a problem, you're well and proper fucked. It's not a problem. They're round, black, and hold air until you're proper fucked. Until they don't. All right. Until they don't, and it's just uh, we, it's not like a car where like you're, you're you know you blow a left front, you're like oh fuck I got to change a tire. Like you're on two wheels, you lose one, you're not having a good day. The other thing that Tom discovered today uh, on a machine that has been very low miles, right? Very low miles, still might be on its factory tires, maybe eight or 10 years old, right? Valve stems. Yep. Oh, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, people. No, 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 no. I look back and I think that maybe all those years, maybe for all those years, inner tubes were actually protecting us. Because when you replaced an inner tube, it came with a new valve stem yep. as part of the inner tube. But so many people now are spooning on new tires, but neglecting to take that perfect opportunity when your rim is sitting there all naked and you can get to your valve stem, forgetting about the opportunity of literally putting a goddamn new valve stem on that thing for five bucks. Oh, I've had people fight me over that. Yeah. And it's five dollars. Oh, it's dude, it's five yeah. bucks. Yeah, it's five bucks. Oh no, it's ten dollars for both tires. Oh, I don't want to do that. I was like, dude, I am I don't even argue anymore. I just cut them off. Well like if I change a tire, I cut it. It's it is the silliest thing, but I am I have been <laughs> and I have I've been on a motorcycle rally where we were south of the border in Mexico. We were very far oh, away from yeah. support. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours, and we're sitting at a rest break. And this is when those cool little uh, rechargeable inflators first came out. Oh, yeah. And the guy's got the slick-ass little rechargeable inflator, and it runs on a you know, DeWalt battery or whatever. And he's just like, check this out, man. And he, he does the air in his tires. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I'm going to go down the line, and I'm going to do air in everybody's tires, man. I'm going to make sure everybody's safe, because I can see that guy's tires low and that guy's tires low. I said, look, not for nothing, but if you come up to my bike... And you pop that on my valve stem, 
And the action of you popping out of my valve stem cracks my valve stem. I can't patch a valve stem. Right. Once a valve stem starts leaking, even if it's a, you know, a brass core with a rubber sleeve around it, if that's old and brittle and dried out, once it cracks and it starts leaking, I can't stop that thing from leaking. There's no amount of slime in the world. Nope. They don't make a plug kit or a patch kit for that. And I said, so here's the rule. If you were to do that to my bike and you were to try to help me out and you put a little pressure on my valve stem that I didn't need to put on that valve stem. I could have made it another 900 miles and never found out. <laughs> and I could have made it 900 miles on 10 PSI too low, motherfucker. Because I don't care. But if I'm dicking around with that valve stem and I crack it, or I'm trying to reach in there with the wrong air pressure gauge or the yep. wrong inflator. Which, which does happen. Man, these things are so fragile. I told the guy, I said, if you do that to my bike and all the air comes out of the tire, I'm riding your bike. And you're going to deal with this problem right here because you created it. So it is a strange thing that, yep, if you're going to do your own tires, invest in some goddamn valve stumps. And just like people that are funny about rim strips on tube tires, goddamn it, man, rim strips are cheap. Oh, if I see duct tape, I pull it right off. Duct tape is a big no-no. And man, how many hundreds of bikes I've seen. No, you don't use duct tape. You use electrical tape. (laughs) 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 Fuck. I have seen guys use the new alien tape, though, successfully. That thick, gooey, like... Oh, I keep keep looking for that, actually, yeah. Like, the alien... That's a thing. The alien... Summit part number. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, that's a good... But the, uh, a lot of folks are trying to turn spoke wheels right. into yeah. tubeless wheels. Yeah. And they're using 3M tape or alien tape to do it with various different degrees of success. Mm-hmm. We don't do it at the shop. It's yeah. not something no, we do. No, you couldn't do it at the shop. I don't, far, I don't far side. I don't dark side. Nope. Uh, there's things we just can't do at the shop. But the rim strip, uh, the reason the rim strips exist, everyone's like, oh, it's to protect your, your nipples from tearing holes in your uh, inner tubes. Like that's not exactly just what it's there for. Uh, it does create a little bit of a, I hate to say it, but a little bit of a, a buffer yeah. between the inner tube and the highest point in the groove of the tire. Yeah. And when your inner tube uh, assumes the shape of your, your rim, it gets real narrow at that point. Mm-hmm. And having that rim strip yep. in there really saves that so much. And uh, I have guilty, I have installed wheels and tires before without putting rim strips in because I just didn't fucking have one or whatever. And, or the old rim strip came out in six pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? You know what? You're, you're further ahead to cut an old inner tube. Yep. Just cut a strip out of an old inner tube, an inch wide or so, and pop, pop that in there. You're further off to do that than to run it without it because well, I, it's, it, you're going to lose it. The old, the old shop, I used to complain about the lot. Mm-hmm. So now at the shop, at the New Orleans yeah. shop, there is a box yeah. full of every rim stripe you can buy. They're they're very and cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like a buck and a half a piece. Yeah. They're they're nothing. They come in a, they come in a pack of like twenty. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, why don't they just give you a new rim strip when you buy the inner tube thing? Dig it now. Exactly. That that makes a whole lot oh, yeah. of sense. Yeah. yeah, and and also. I've also had mechanics that worked at my shop in the past where I used to joke about like uh, every box should contain two inner tubes, one yeah. for the one for the one you're going to pinch the first time you yep. try to install it, yep. and then a second one for once you figured out what you're doing wrong, you can do the that first, again. The first time I pinched a tube, my boss went, "Okay, you owe me eight bucks." <laughs> so I looked at him and I went, "All right, fine. Here's 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 fifty bucks." <laughs> and I did it until I could yeah. no longer pop that inner tube. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah. 
did the last 100 of them without, yeah. without pinching them. Yeah. Right. I, I <laughs> still, one opens. of the reasons, and this is, this is why I look at Sleepy at this when I yeah. say this, the, one of the reasons why I don't like the Transalp, the first rear tire I did on a Transalp, yeah. I pinched the tube, and you can't buy that thing. Well, you, they, there are, the, nobody keeps that in stock. The oh, Africa the two, Twin? So, mean, yeah, the Africa Twin. That's you what want Johnny's tech tip on that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Use a good quality tire iron. That's yeah, that's yeah, first right. and foremost. Don't yeah. just grab a screwdriver. You're oh asking, yeah. Don't don't do you're asking for trouble. Maybe a crescent wrench handle. Yeah. 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 Don't but use the don't use the K and L fancy if, if poppy. The wheel is here and it, it's flat <laughs> yeah. and you're using your tool. Yeah. You are never allowed to go beyond twelve o'clock. Right. It can You've go. Obviously, never it can go. It can go vertical. <laughs> You've, it can go this far, and you must stop. You've obviously never done a Dunlop tire. As then. soon as the wheel, the tire grabs it yeah. and makes it go like this, and you feel that little crunch, take the tube out, throw it away. <laughs> you fucked up. So you're only allowed to go twelve o'clock. I'm laughing because is, I break that rule every time. I feel. I feel. You can't. I know. As soon as, as, soon as you go, as soon as it breaks over and you get it where you want it, I know, man. You fucked it. You hey, fucked it. Hey, Phil. Yeah. Harley Davidson Dunlop. Oh, it, it, <laughs> the interaction. It's a use a freaking fire axe to get that thing on. The relationship. Mostly, I just used my hands. That's though. true. I mean, you just, <laughs> there's so much to be said for the deeper you get the far side of the tire into the wheel groove the easier your life will be on the other side. Well, you got to use your third appendage. Right <laughs> <laughs> so you squeeze that fucker and then you lean against the it. The front porch, yeah. push the whole tire that way and keep it in the thing. And then you just go, bloop, 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 bloop. no yep. problem. Yep. And lube the fuck out of it. Oh, like, yeah. Like it's an 80-year-old woman. If, <laughs> you have trouble getting it in. You use more lube. I, I understand you may have a good Christian household and you might <laughs> lube might not be a thing you have, but you have Windex. And uh, Windex works a treat. Like Windex is magical. The it's best like, stuff was when you got the Nomar stuff. The Nomar stuff. The Nomar paste, that changed everything. Nomar, the Nomar stuff is slicker than whale shit. That stuff is fantastic. It's not cheap, but it's worth every penny. Yes, sir. When you start mounting tires with whale with uh, Nomar goo, because we use, you know, pig snot's been oh, the, the, the Don industry. Dish, Don Dish stuff right, is all I use. Forever. <laughs> but that Nomar cream, you can put it on your hands. And you can just get funky with it, and you just get as, just get as weird as you want to get. Just get funky with it, and the Nomar does it. The Nomar breaker bar too. That like the Nomar system. If you're breaking the tips on your Nomar changing bars, you're doing it wrong. But if you're doing it right with a Nomar, it's like velvet. It's just like, whoo, and you're done. But that that lube. Yeah. Whatever that lube is, yeah. it is magic because any other grease, I mean, I got Molly lube on my hand. I'm going to have it there for the next 26 years, yeah. right? But the Nomar mounting grease, yeah. you get it on your hands and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to eat ever again, or I'm never going to be able to handle anything, or forget about me carrying any nuclear weapons around. It's water soluble. You can wipe it on your pants. You can take a scoop of it and put it in a squirt, yeah. squirt bottle and shake it up yeah. and make no more spray, make which no is more what spray. I did, which was great. Which is amazing. But it's the only lubricant I've ever had in my entire life, and fun stuff too, where you can have it on your hands and then just wipe it on your shirt or your pants or your jacket, and it's like you have monkey grip again. 
It's the weirdest stuff because any other lubricant, you can go wash your hands with soap and water and super hot and whatever. Nothing's going to get that lubricity off other than brake parts cleaner. And that's how we all get cancer. But the... Uh, it's also how you find all your cuts. That is exactly... <laughs> <boy there. laughs> how much silicone did I get all over my hands? It's got to be like somewhere built up in my body. It's got to be. You got to like... Oh, a yeah. liver, my liver's got a big rock of silicone, of silicone yeah. in it. Silicone. <laughs> so you, you hear her talk about lube and it kept spurring this memory. Do you guys see that little <laughs> Here video? Here we go. <laughs> no, did you see that little video? It's, it's an Asian lady and she just moved to the United States. And it's her little documentary of like, or doc, her documenting like her new journey, right? Okay. She's like, okay, so I'm here and I'm going to try American I think favorite. that's fake though. You think it is? You saw it? It's got to be. I mean, yeah, whatever. So anyway, so she says, I'm going to try a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So she goes, I have wheat bread because it's healthy. And I have Jif peanut butter. And then I get this kind of jelly and it's KY jelly. Uh, and then yeah, she slimes yeah, it on there. Yeah, okay. I was laughing my ass off, man. There you fun. go. Sucker. You think it's yeah. fake? It's got to be fake, yeah, man. Sure. It's got to be fake. Man, I'm a they have petroleum je- jelly in Japan, too. Yeah, but they don't know what What's the difference between jam and jelly? <laughs> I can't jelly my dick hey, in your hey, ass. Hey, I can't jelly my dick in your mom's ass. <laughs> now you're going to have to blank that one out for the $10 patrons. Hey, Johnny. For $5 patrons. Johnny, what do you get when you mix birth control pills with LSD? Oh, a trip without kids. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so I did put out in the notes that the Honda Rebel 500 is no longer the only the only parallel twin cruiser in the 500cc or semi-liter class. Kawasaki has launched the Eliminator 450. Now, initially I'm a little confused because I don't understand why Kawasaki didn't just like bump it up a couple of cc's and call it an Eliminator 500. It's mm. If you're going after the Rebel 500, it'd be nice to go after the Rebel 500 with a 500. You know, that would be that would be smart. Yeah. We don't even need those extra 50 cc's. So th- when I when I read their numbers on the bike, it did look like everything in their everything in their marketing, everything is all about like we are more powerful. We are we are better. We are we are better than the the Rebel 500. It still has the up the the strangely shaped frame and the strangely shaped yeah. you know that we only sold you half of a gas tank the <laughs> top hat. half it's a, gas it's, hat. A, it's a gas tank hat <laughs> it is a gas tank hat which is not it's not un, it is not unlike the rebel 500 oh definitely not uh oh man i don't know look i'm gonna say it this bike does fucking nothing for me uh-uh. it does nothing for me I Are mean, you going to come out with the V-Star 500? <gasps> oh, John, why did you have to say that? I mean, why you, wouldn't they? And would it be a V-Twin? It better be. Well, then what, why, why, would, it be a, V-star why would it be a V-Star? There could be a V-Star 500. Why would, it, why would it be a V-Star or anything if it wasn't a V-Star? Africa, that little Africa Twin's not a twin. Well, it's Yamaha, though. It'd be the Yamaha. But I'm saying, I get that. But I'm like, we've seen other companies. Honda has taken yeah. something called the Africa Twin and removed the twin part. Well, it's still and a still twin. still call it a twin. It's still a twin. Is it still a twin? It's got two pistons. Oh, it does. Yeah, you're right. But it's not in the correct configuration. It's not the Africa V. It's not in the correct configuration. If it was the Africa V, that'd right. be a thing. That'd be different, yeah. If you're going to be the V-Star, then you're going to have to have a... It's going to have to be a V-Five. Well, they could call it a Roadstar. 
Because then that takes the they could, oh, of it. dude, then no, they do whatever you, you want. You know, sleepy. What they just did all of them anyways. They just call them stars. Stars, yeah, yeah. Just call them stars. Star, star riders of United star five hundred. Yeah, but wasn't that Kurt Edwards that he was? He, he, was, he was star rider, right? He patched in. Yeah, jumped in, jumped out. Whole wedding, gang fight, the, <laughs> the whole, whole thing. thing. Yeah, SWAT was there. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Yamaha really has a five hundred. Like they don't have the CB five hundred. They don't have that yet. Order. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was the, you know, and that's the second part of the story. The second part of the story is Yamaha got there first with the MT-07, mm-hmm. the parallel twin everybody loved. I mean, everybody, you had one, didn't you? No, I had FJ-09. You FJ-09, right? Everybody loved the MT-07. It's mm-hmm. like legendary how much love that bike got right quick in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And now Honda's doing everything 750. They've left no letters of the alphabet untouched they've they've got them all and uh that's one of those ones where i think that uh the one that probably the one that probably attracts me the most might be the cl 750 yeah right i think that might be the one where i'm kind of like ooh, 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 ooh. i kind of dug both the cb looked all right too man i i they're going back to keeping a nice full gas tank that straight line like they had like it looks good man yeah and uh Yes, and I totally agree with that. Now, with this concept of Honda doing everything, and I mean... Are you putting that up on RTV too? I'm going to show it to you guys. Okay, thank you. All right. Yeah, just because I don't want anybody to be left out and make sure everybody can see this thing, because it is worthy of being seen, right? Um, Because... No, I'm going to say I hate it, because nobody liked when I put up the scrambler, and everybody was like, who's still the scrambler? So I hate this because everybody <laughs> hated my bike. Good idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm jaded. I'm jaded. Okay. Wait, Fair enough. We all want no, the Honda CL 500. Oh, that That's what this is. No, this is a CL. I'm sorry. CL 750. Right. So, uh, yeah, the 750. So this motor, this motor is going into every goddamn thing. Uh, they're, they're doing the Africa twin, right? So or, that's uh, going to be the. Transalp, thank you. Yeah. Transalp. Are they calling that the XL? I don't think that's going to be. I think it is. is it I think it's an XL 750. Okay. Um, this parallel twin motor, and Steve Hoffert's not here, but I am going to bring it up. This is not the same 750 NC. NC. No, it's definitely it, not. It is definitely not. And boy, when you start reading copy from Honda, they are making sure that you understand this is not the same motor as the CTX, right? right. Uh, it's not the NC motor, and they are got making goddamn certain you know that this one will rev. Right. That this one's going to rev out to ten thousand RPM, and it's going to it's going to be a happy motor. Uh, you know what I see, you know what I see going on? It kind of struck me like when you sent that article, I went mm-hmm. and read and saw that they're doing like four bikes with this motor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started thinking about the future and how everybody's going electric. Yeah. I wonder if it's because like they're cutting down the R and D budget for ice bikes yeah. and they're moving a lot of it to the electrics. I don't know. I really don't. I, I have a problem with electrics and that is with the, sh- with the incredibly small numbers. So if we took apart any electric motorcycle I, and I don't care whose it is, if we took it apart and we laid all the parts out here on the, on the floor, the basement, we'd be shocked at how few actual parts there are mm-hmm. because just the powertrain alone it, it's a motor. It's just an electric motor. Right. So that's a little different than an internal combustion engine where, Jesus Christ, even if you have a single cylinder motor, you've got a lot of parts, mm-hmm. let alone a four cylinder. So to me, it feels like electric motorcycles should cost a lot less than they do. 
because of the number of parts involved in making them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just things are something that is the sum of its parts. And you come up with pricing based on the sum of its parts. Right. So I feel like one of the reasons that maybe manufacturers are going so heavily towards electricity is it might be a great profit center for them. Yeah. Well, and also though too, nobody has sold a million electric bikes yet. Right. That's exactly. Nobody right. sold five hundred thousand. So yeah. they can't spread right. that R and D cost. Can't, yeah. They can't spread that tooling yeah. over <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bikes. Last week I was a little bit enhanced and I gave some run numbers wrong. Uh, when I said that Harley Davidson Livewire, sorry, can't call him Harley Davidson. When I said that Livewire had sold about a thousand bikes, I was wrong. They'd sold about 574 bikes. So they'd sold about 574 bikes. And they, they'd said that they'd said that they had revenue of over, you know, $48 million. And when I did the math on that, unless they sold those bikes for $80,000 per bike, which I know they didn't, somebody's fucking lying. And I know who's lying. But as a consumer, before you plunk down your money to buy that live wire, keep in mind that that company sold 570 or 547 bikes last year. A whole fucking company. And in the process, they lost over $100 million. And they say they earned $45 million, but the math simply doesn't work. Mm. So you can't have one report that's talking about how Harley Davidson had to kick down Harley Davidson, the company that you said you're no longer a part of Harley Davidson, the company that said, Oh, Kimco is the principal partner of Livewire. When Harley Davidson has to kick down a hundred million dollars to keep you from becoming insolvent. Don't tell me that you profited $45 million on the 574 bikes you sold because those that's refrigerator kicking out. Uh, those numbers simply don't work. There's just no way. So you're being lied to marketing is lying to you. They're the Jalopnik articles are right apart articles. They're lying to you. Yeah. I honestly believe they could have sold a lot more bikes, but they weren't there. They didn't build them. It's as though it was all just a PR stunt. Yeah. They built enough to say that they produced them and that they yeah. were production bikes. Are you fanning a fart towards me? <laughs> Don't you fucking fan a fart towards me? He's lofting it. But I mean, yeah. seriously, I mean, no, no, he's, he's how sent- many dealerships did, did had them? He's how, sent- how many he's- had, I mean, like, it's like one of those things, like each dealership got one or two. If He's sending you it a It seemed profit. like there was actually a legitimate, people wanted them. People thought they were cool. I don't know if people were willing to spend the money, well, but, they, they, but they weren't available. I don't think there was the demand. I just don't think there was demand. I think that anybody, because I'm on all their Are forums. there any still sitting in a dealership? Yeah. There are? Yeah, oh, and yeah. I'm on all the forums, and there's also them that are being extraordinarily discounted. Well, they're going to be one hell of a collector bike. I mean, I, I think maybe the first one was. As long as you don't want to ever ride it. Oh, you mean the Bramo? No, wait, no. the Bramo Take the battery out and put it in your refrigerator. I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm sorry I, I I made a mistake I said Bramo but Bramo is it's not Bramo no it's it's not other. Bramo it's Mission yeah right but the point is why that why this is scary because we have to remember that in our industry and the thing that we love to do 
the the rallying cry, what everybody's broadcasting, what every news story is about is that, you know, Volvo's not going to have any gasoline powered vehicles after a certain date. And that uh, this com- this state's not going to allow gasoline after a certain date. And this company's not going to do that. And Yamaha's turning all of its attention to electric motorcycles. And Honda's going to produce 80% of its motorcycles are going to be all electric by the year 2030. And all these statements. Go ahead, John. I stand here before everybody. Yeah. God, the world. You guys, yeah. anything I care about, and I will tell you, I will be driving an internal combustion <laughs> engine vehicle until yeah. the day that I die. Yeah, I don't. I, I will don't. not ever. Mm-hmm. But I may, I may buy an electric vehicle, but I will not be without an right. internal combustion. Right. My whole world lives on internal combustion. I have. Just in my garage alone, there's thousands of piston-driven. I mean, yes. if I start counting pistons. You, you would have to start cutting them down right now just to get I, into I those numbers. couldn't get rid of all the... I don't ever want to live in a world without gasoline. I get it. I will make my own gasoline if, if I have to. If you have to, and you can. Yeah. yeah. But what troubles me, when, when you bring up that point, that idea of just in the interest of homologation, right? Just in the interest of, or homogenization, right? When you think about they're using this one motor platform, this one engine, which is a pretty goddamn good engine, yeah. but it's it's cheap to build if if ten of your bikes all have the same motor. I was about to say they're going to come in eventually. There's going to be like, what bike do you have? Oh, it's right. a 2023. Yeah, Honda. right, right, yeah. <laughs> they just well, know, there's your parts. How many different bikes carry the Versi 650 motor? Yeah, lots. lots. A whole lot of different bikes. Yeah. A whole lot of different bikes. And that's not something new that's happening this year. That's all, been around for several all, years. All of the best bikes do. <laughs> it's, but it is a, that that's an interesting take yeah. because to the consumer who goes, I, it makes me feel like 1972 when there was a, there were, there's a, there was a CB 350, a CL 350, an SL350. Oh, yeah. And there was kind of every 350 from Honda mm-hmm. that you could imagine. And, they had kind of every 350, and then they sort of kind of had a whole lot of weird 450s, and then they eventually had quite a few different 750s, mm-hmm. but there were like three three or four basic motor families, uh, but maybe we're getting a little more towards that. Maybe it's for cost savings, uh, or maybe it's because, as some people might suspect, that the factory who's making these motors would really like to make the smallest different versions of motors possible. So you could say like, oh, we've covered Honda by making these eight motors. What about uh, another thing that I've noticed is a lot of the bigger dealerships are going away. So like you don't yeah. really see just Honda anymore. It's usually a bunch. No, right? it's a, yeah, it's a family, so, right? Do you think about yeah. this. So if you buy one of these Honda family motors mm-hmm. that are in 10 or 12 bikes, right. now that smaller place can pretty much always have the parts you need in stock. That's a really good point too. Because then, you know, they yeah. don't have to have 15 different bikes. That's true. Bikes That's stuff. true. Well, right. it's, it's easier to change the frame and the bodywork than it is to change the motor. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. you mentioned the CTX motor yeah. earlier. Yeah. Because it was in six different bikes. Easily. Easily but, six different bikes. You know, yeah. as you said, they're not really yeah. high-revenue motors. Uh, one of my former co-workers had one of the first CTXs. Sleepy had one. Yeah. I yeah. And it was a, NC700. It, yeah. it was a great yeah. Lazy motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, he, put, he has put sixty thousand yeah. miles on this freaking yeah. bike. Doing seventy-one no miles to the gallon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what? Go ahead. What? No, keep talking. What are you saying? No, I was no. gonna say. You know, I I actually saw one on marketplace earlier for three grand. I went. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. That's a. I, you, I, I've been saying that about those CTXs. Yeah. I don't like the way they look hardly oh, at no. all. But 
But man, for what they're going for, yeah. and the one that had the bags, like there's some factory oh, the bags. V- what is the V? That actually was yeah. Well, it was it's like, like a, V something. It's a CTX, but yeah. it actually had, it had bags the and bags stuff. And I'm like, it had VT. Yeah, okay. It was a VT something. It yeah. kind of hides some of the weird yeah. to it. And yeah. oh yeah. yeah. But my question to Phil is, okay, if I once I've cleared EPA, yeah. Once I've gotten that motor uh, and that thing, engine family, I don't yep. have to do a whole lot. I can change Dude. everything else, but as long as I don't change that motor, I don't yep. have to go through that whole expensive, yeah. time-consuming it saves process. Millions of dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, millions of dollars, and it does free up. It does free up your marketing department to play that game where it's like, oh, we've got a seven fifty for everybody. <laughs> oh, you want a trail seven fifty? Oh yeah. Hang on. You want a you want a monkey seven fifty? Let's do it. Like let's get weird. Uh, if they were smart, they would make kind of like how you can change the ground panels. Yeah, yeah. they just make a platform, and then you could just bolt on whatever you wanted. How far are they off? Well, yeah. I mean, how far well, really was, are yeah, they off? That was that. always that was the idea. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna say it was always the idea with Tesla was they were going to build right. just the a platform skate, the and skate, let, the skateboard. Let, yeah, let yeah. bespoke companies build custom platforms. Oh man, that's what I said about the Africa Twin. I want the Aqua Twin, the Arctic Twin. <laughs> I want the Wave Runner. I want oh. the Snowmobile. Oh, like I the, want the fucking everything. Oh, like the Ford Bronco, where it's literally you know the the Appalachia or the uh, the North Carolina. What is it, the Hatteras? Yeah, it was. Uh, See, that looks awesome, dude. I I want that bike immediately. The seven fit that oh, <laughs> I like the way we just broke Steve. <laughs> it's a good looking bike, dude. <laughs> well, I guess it kind of just looks like my Z900, you, but it's small. I was small, gonna say, so yeah. Like, yeah. Once you yeah. take that muffler and take it away from the seat and put it down low where it's supposed to be, it right looks really now, great. I, now I have to tell you this: um, the picture. I, I will throw this up. Just Is that a rendering? Down. No, it's worse. Oh no, it's worse. Artist concept. I don't even like to. I don't even like to bring it up because it is. It is so fucking worse. Uh, this you're going to notice the piston on this motorcycle goes directly straight up and down. Oh, oh yeah. So this is the the GB, and this is the this was the original marketing uh, yeah. when this is not the motor that it's ending up being used uh, being used in this bike at all, but uh, but they did sell it with the right paint scheme and they sold it with a lot of the right a lot of the right action, but uh, what the bike actually is going to be is it is going to be this. That's so cool, man. It's still yeah, good. the GB seven fifty. So the GB seven because they were calling it the CB seven fifty Hornet. And I was like, ooh, hello. Because, you know, the CB750 Hornet, that's got a lot going on. That should be a quattro. You're right. You're right. And I completely agree that that motor, when you see these uh, renderings of the Hornet, uh, that have, have the four exhaust yeah, with the perfectly vertical cylinders. You're right. That's not what it's going to be. So what you're going to get is you're going to get the, uh, the GB 750, which is going to have the twin, which is going to have two cylinders and it's a fucking great looking bike. I mean, I, I have zero complaints about it. It's a very, very sexy. It bike. looks like it's going to be comfortable too. It kind of does. And this is one of those things that maybe I won't, <laughs> Maybe I don't need to buy one right quick in a hurry, but maybe, just maybe. A lightly crashed one. A lightly crashed one comes my way. (laughs) Maybe if I wait long enough, um, you know, I got that CB1100. It just needs a new front end. (laughs) You remember that CB1100 I got? And I got it like, what, six months after the bike was launched? Yes. And I did get a, I paid a very, very cheap price to get it. 
and we all rode it. We all enjoyed it. We all thought it was a cool bike. None of us went out and bought one. Not a single one of us went out and bought that bike. And it killed me how cheaply I had to sell it Mm. because I'd consider buying one now because they are really cheap. You're getting into that $4,000 price point. now. You're getting into old skin flint Macklefresh. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I'm noticing about these bikes. Yeah. About these bikes. Yeah. So the Honda has decided that they've seen enough of their bikes chopped and and the rounded part put on the back for cafe (laughs) racing that they just do that now from the factory. Right. So my question is, is in 10 years when these things are on marketplace, are people going to be adding tails? Oh, they're going to put, they're going (laughs) to weld loops in. Yeah. And things in Put a huge tail light on it <laughs> with reflectors. They're going to get a vintage 1975 DOT tail, trailer yeah. tail light and weld a loop into it and put this ridiculous tail light on the back of it. Yeah. Every time you throw your leg over the saddle, you're going to kick it. Kick it. Yeah. Oh, man. Just saying, because, like, look, they, I mean, seriously, there's no back end. It's just no. the seat. No, there's just the seat. And that is true that they have abbreviated the back of that motorcycle right down to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, here's what's funny when you do look at the comparison between the uh, when you look at the comparison between the CL750 and the GB750, the side panels, the you know, the difference in the motorcycle is really just the side panels, the side panels and the exhaust. Yeah, the rest of it's pretty fucking similar. You know, uh, God bless them. It's not an ugly gas tank. They figured out a way for it to have a chrome gas cap. Yeah. They figured out a way for it to look pretty darn good. And you know, you know that some of the people will be putting out like vintage uh, sticker packages to make these look more like the seventies. I want the spoke wheel and chrome fender package. Yeah, yeah me right. Too. Uh yeah. It's chrome's expensive, Johnny boy. Yeah. That's going to be the limited edition Christmas model. But all, all the guys that did, all the guys that made kits to make the CV eleven hundred look older. Yeah, you're you know, right. just to look at, make it look like it's they even have, older. You know yeah. how crazy people are. For my Z900, which has a um, you know a mono shock, yeah, they sell two fake shocks. You're you fucking kidding me! No. So it, oh yeah, they do. No, wait they a do. second. We bike. Go to We bike and look up like <laughs> fake shock Z900, whatever. I'm That's not lying. Unforgivable. Yeah. No. Yeah, because I saw because I saw a Z900 and I'm like, how the fuck does it have rear shocks? I was like, why does it have two rear shocks on it? And then you get the We bike and you find out it's just. A, <laughs> fake shocks that you slap that's on fucking <laughs> crazy man i like throwback and everything but if they're fake and non-functional then no well i mean you still have your mono shocks, no. so you have shocks. No, no 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 dude we bike has some interesting shit if you go to we yeah they do it's, it's apparently pretty, they do have some it's yeah. a pretty good way to kill a day uh but <laughs> at work <laughs> i don't do that yeah the uh you okay have, you don't have time to do that you're right steve i didn't lie <laughs> that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 it's believable. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, wait a minute, my bike doesn't have that. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> when, when I'm looking at this right now, yeah. and there's a lot of treatment going on. See, there's a big cover under there. Uh, there's a big, big cover underneath there that is hiding that uh, <laughs> see that's hiding that thing and it's it's a little disturbing i mean it's 176 dollars us for this thing yeah. and it's it's kind of convincing <laughs> it is it's kind of fucking convincing i'm gonna i'm gonna zoom in a little bit more but 
So it comes with a kit, and it comes with a, a an invisibility cloak. It's I a like, cloak of invisibility. I don't care about those shocks. I want that exhaust. System. I know. I was kind of. But is it on both sides? Oh, it, ha- it looks like it's a four and a four. Dude, I might have to get that from my that's bike. Right. That's right. That's twenty five hundred dollars all day long, yeah, though, bro. The, that is a problem. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's sell the dog. Oh no, no, no. Okay, I'm looking at that right now, and I'm looking at these fake shocks. Well, and look, they changed the badges, too, because those badges are not the ones that come with the bike. No, those they are, did a good job of faking you out, man. Yeah. They really did a good job of faking. There, there's no doubt. They're faking you. They're faking you out hard. <laughs> yeah. And then we bike also sells so the, the duck tail on the back of the Z900. Yeah. They sell one that's extended four inches because Japan. Oh, like yeah. it's just four inches longer. It's just a bigger duck bill that sticks out. The back. I thought in Japan they were shorter. I just I, I love the fact that they have this. If you look in the genital region of this motorcycle, <laughs> if you look in the genital region where used to be the passenger pegs hanging down, yeah, they now have a cloak of invisibility <laughs> so that you cannot see shock. the actual working shock absorber. If you look really close, it says nothing to see here. <laughs> Just move along. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous that there are two fake shock absorbers. And I mean, I'm looking at what's holding them on. And okay. What are the, what are the springs? It looks like it has springs. Are the springs? I know, springs? but I, th- I think the are sp- they just painted? I think they're painted on. Huh? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Look, man. Okay, so one, is there some sh- shaft inside that when you do go over bumps, like it moves? It moves a little bit. Or does it not have a bottom? I can't tell. Do they show a parts list? Is it? Yeah. Where's the parts number on this? Oh my God. This is so <laughs> criminal. So did you guys remember years ago when I, when I brought out the picture of the fake Kickstarter for your Harley Davidson Sportster? Oh yeah. So it was a, a device that you actually bolted onto the side of your Harley Davidson motor mm-hmm. that when you got to the bottom of the stroke, it actually was a functional, you could move it with your foot. So you move it with your foot, but then when you got to the bottom of the stroke, it had a little electrical contact there that pressed your starter button. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I oh, yeah. You that. stroked it with your leg like you were a regular stroke and it had a big old spring on there to give you some yeah. implied yeah. resistance. Yeah. And you'd stroke it, and then when it got to the bottom of the stroke, it simply had a very simple little switch that was a duplicate of your, it was your, your starter button in series. But did the guys have to hold it down? Like, yeah. Shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So there's at the a, bottom of the stroke, a, it went. There's a there's a whole metaphor about stroking and little. And, it's just <laughs> funny to me that I mean, holy it's just, shit, he kicked that so hard it went. He kicked electricity back into the starter. Shit, it hit like 500 RPM. This guy's a fiend. You know what though? Look at those those turn signals are done too. Damn, I kind of want those turn signals. That's the vintage style turn signal. I love. I do love the fact that this is like this is like 25 dollars a piece from Emgo. There's a lot done to that bike. The fender, the turn signals. The bike is clearly farkled out. They ruined it. But do you know what's the funniest thing to me too is the thing that everybody took off their bikes in 1973 were those turns, those, those, turn, uh, right. those, those reflectors. reflectors. So all that DOT nah. fucking horrible nah. reflector <laughs> shit that everybody took off their bikes, they're putting back on yeah. to oversell 
the vintage. the vintage of it, right? <laughs> and you did see that there's also invisibility cloak on the uh, fuel injector covers. Oh, yeah. So they've also put invisibility <laughs> paint all over those, too. But you know what else I want? Yeah. Does that have spoked wheels? It does have spoke oh, spokes. Oh, it does. Oh, God. Yeah, I it's got spoke spokes. Yeah, oh, they, really? They, they took they put wheels off an old KZ900. And <laughs> that's what they threw right on there. <laughs> They're so they're real narrow. They're about four yeah. inches wide. They never change. They still use the same. <laughs> they're the same exact part number. Yep. Oh, man. But that, the fake suspension. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, man. And I do get it. Yeah, the OEM style exhaust looks kind of cool. But I do like that. Yes, yeah. on the exhaust. Yeah. No on the fake shock. <sighs> the fake shock absorbers. <laughs> oh, that's just fucking painful. My favorite part, though, is the invisibility cloak. <laughs> they're literally selling you. Look at that. They're selling you two pieces of plastic yep. yeah. that you're going to slide up under there. And bolt in. And they're probably have little clips on the back. Oh, yeah. So that, that you can't see that, the monoshock. That yep. grab rail does give me a little hard on, though. I it does. <laughs> <laughs> that grab rail. If also. they had a chrome luggage rack, that'd be Oh, maybe if they had a Vetter fairing. <laughs> Get a nice big, a nice big showy top case on there. Right, fucking dudes are polluting up the basement. That is not fun. That is super uncool. No, I was sitting there at lunch today and I found a whole thing of roasted. What do you call those little fucking balls? Those fucking. What are you talking about, son? Um, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> those fucking broccolis or whatever. And on that note, are you talking about Brussels sprouts? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I have Aren't you vegan? Yeah, Brussels sprouts are vegan. Yeah, dude. no. Like, why did it take you that long to figure out Brussels sprouts? Because I mean, Brussels sprouts should roll right off the tip it's of one your tongue. Right? I mean, like, it's one of the nine foods you can eat. Right. You no, think but, you'd have them right. all memorized. I was excited to eat them because I knew I'd be farting my brain out for the podcast. Oh, oh, I get it now. Yeah. As the sound engineer, he wants to capture this 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 noise. Oh, it my God. like produce, dude. It doesn't <laughs> uh, Without uh, meat, you don't have any real good stank. It's, oh, oh. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> So I, I pulled up another image so you guys could see a better view of this shit show. Oh, uh, yeah. They don't even go to the swing arm. Oh, that, that, is that, that's are, an extended bracket off the muffler bracket off the passenger. They bag. are, they are held on with a piece of 16 inch laser cut <laughs> sheet metal. Brilliant. <laughs> there is a, there is, oh, sorry. You know, you know, I take I, it back. I actually feel better. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. After you, after, after you, after you. After you. I, I'm glad that they actually do nothing at all. That's that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only thing I can think of here is that somehow Kawasaki owners have beat Harley owners for being the the worst posers. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. True. It's pretty bad. That's uh. Do you know? I mean, the one thing. The one thing in the series of things that bothers me about this, and I want to zoom right in so everybody can see it. Uh, there's even there's no suggestion that, that, that they even go all the way to the bottom. Oh no! Like this would be like if the Eiffel Tower only made it halfway. Yeah. Or if the middle was missing, it was suspended. It was suspended from the top. It was like people who hang a Christmas tree in their house upside down from the ceiling. It looks like the suspension travel would be like a quarter of an inch. It does. It yeah. does. But I like I like how they have the molded in uh, a, um, a weight adjusters, your spring tension adjusters in yes, the bottom. I do of love it. that. Everything. They're completely. Com- I mean, they're as they're as functional as the amol carbs on modern triumphs right and look yeah. the top is like full size mm-hmm. and then the bottom's like quarter scale 
It is like, like bottom. <laughs> and, and there is also a lot of that chicanery going on about like this entire thing looks like it might be just molded plastic. It totally does. But in today's world, you might be the only person you know who rides a motorcycle. Yeah. So all your friends and everybody you run into has no idea that's what any of this is all about. So they're just like, wow, that's really cool looking. They have no idea. They have that no idea. And look at these Japanese The shocks guys, you put on are just for show and how much of it actually these does These Japanese anything. dudes don't oh, fuck around man. with the wheel. Look at these wheels, too. Like, what fucking wheels are those? That's like some old Kawasaki race wheel. From- L- Lester Mags. They look like yeah. Lester Mags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look like a copy. Yeah. That's pretty but cool. I don't think so. You don't like the Mags? No, I don't like any of it. Oh, I like the Mac. <laughs> no, in fact, I'm starting to hate it a lot more. I'm like, I'm actually liking your bike a lot more right now. Yeah, no, I'm not. I love, I, I love a, the Z900RS. Yeah, just as it is. I no, like it too. just the way it is. I ain't fucking with it. I love you yeah. just the way you are. Yeah, because this is not, and and like this is like that whole like it's a ruse, but it's not even a well executed ruse because you could have sold me a 12 inch long shock. Yeah. But they only sold you a six inch long shock. Yeah. Which now is, that's just mean. Yeah. This is is like if you're on an app, you know, and you see the chick and you're like, I know, right? She gets to your door and you're like, ooh. What could it have done? I mean, what could it have added to the bike if they actually made it, wanted to try to make it useful, like giving you a little extra dampening or control? Right. Like, what could it, you know, like, I'm a fat guy. So it does actually have a little oh, spring there. action. It can actually help me change my spring rater. Like, oh, there you go. But I mean, there are things like they make um, cooling fans for Harley Davidson. They're called Happy Jugs. And they're kind of, you know, they, they look like they might be like ancillary horns or something on oh, the yeah, side I've of the motor. They're electric and they're very functional. I mean, a lot of police officers, people who ride their bikes in heavy traffic, really? they have them okay. and they blow air. They're forced air cooling across your cylinders on Harley Davidson's and they work and it's a functional real thing that has a place in the world because it is completely honest and functional. Not, not like the hypercharger. Where not like the hypercharger <laughs> where it's literally attached to your throttle. Yeah, yeah. So it opens, <laughs> lets all that extra air in there when in that two inch hole or one inch Just hole. Does that and nothing. <laughs> I'd like to say that Chris needed a, my, I needed a beer, knew yeah. that I needed a beer before I knew I needed Ooh, a beer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. That's You're going to okay. have to drink real beer now. No, I'm so, drinking real beer. I'm, do they give I'm you having the, some gay beer and I like it. Do yeah. they give you the, uh, the foot breasts there with it too, huh? They do. The foot pegs. Ah. Yeah. The foot pegs. Yeah. Because clearly you have to have a place to put your feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, this kit, the fact that this exists, this is, yeah, this this is a thing, man. This is a thing. I, and I mean, I was angry at the the weird intake vents that were cut on the side of the Super Magna, the on the plastic uh, side covers. Yeah, they put these like vents in them to suggest that there was some sort of an air intake there. <laughs> and like on the V Max, the big schnabels on the side of the the big snorkels on the side of the V Max that just don't fucking go anywhere. They man. are not, in fact, ram air intakes. No, they're not. No, ram air doesn't work when you have carburetors. Well, I, I mean. It's hilarious, but they're big out there, and they they are they are a critical part of the aesthetic of a V Max motorcycle. Yeah. If you took them off, the bike wouldn't be a V Max anymore. It would it would look wrong? Mm-hmm. But in this case, do we think people are actually going to buy this though? I mean, somebody's buying it. There's a no, 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 not true. I mean, maybe they've sold five hundred and 
46. I was going to say, yeah, you know. which is enough to be a worldwide player in the market, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, just because it's out there, just, I mean, fuck, throw it out there, see what happens. Well, I think in different markets. I, mean, I don't think they'll be super popular in the U.S., but I think in some Asian markets and places where they're kind of more into Here's what I see there. Ooh, ripping on the Asian Here's what market. I see there. Oh, ripping on it. I see a set of shocks that are made in Taiwan that go on mm. something, and then they just made up the bracket and the foot peg. So they're probably really shocks in right. some market, like for us, for a CD one seventy five, and oh. they just made the apparat, the kit to bolt them to your bike and have them not do anything. So wait a second. You so think you they're functioning shocks then? Yeah. And you think that I think somewhere in the world there's a a little there's an Asian bike that would use those as shocks. Yeah. But then that's where they get them. Okay. So they're an off the shelf part. Yeah. But. They're then, just selling the little bracket and the right. bolts and nuts and everything to put it on your bike. But then, like horror of horrors, you're adding 14 pounds of weight to your bike that does nothing. Yeah. In fact, it hinders. Like, it, it makes it worse. Yeah, Except probably, for, I bet those are real shocks. They have real springs. They have real damping and real yeah. everything, but it's not connected to anything that's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's even awesome. <laughs> but I just like the fact that the shocks have the, the, the reflectors. The adjusters. You can't take them off. No, no the, those like, are non-removable reflectors. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. if you go to downtown Manila, yes. there's somebody riding around <laughs> yeah. on a, a, yeah. you know, a Honda Passport that has those on it. It's, with, the, with it's real the, fake shocks. The Kawasaki Vulcan 80. <laughs> it's, it's built, it is built only for the Philippines. With one inch of suspension with travel. With one inch of suspension travel and like a one and a half inch wide tire. Right. And the That's whole bike set up for anybody under 100 fenders. pounds. Mm-hmm. You're over 100 pounds. You can't even, you can't even fucking it. think about riding it. Yeah. In the rest of the country, it's just in front of the Kmart with a quarter slot. <laughs> <laughs> but in Manila, they actually ride, ride it. it. Right. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that's fucking awful. $220. 220 bucks yeah. for it. I wonder if you could do the Google. Like, Was know, that for the fakey kit? Yeah, the Doremi ZR, Z900 RS accessory fake rear suspension. Oh. Right here, $220 in stock. <laughs> we got plenty in stock. <laughs> plenty in stock. <laughs> in stock. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like those shots. The guy won't stop delivering them. Bogo. I think those, those would shocks be good are, on your S sixty five, Dan. <laughs> I think those shocks are just worthless. Okay, so I wanted to bring this up because we were just talking about claims of making millions of dollars when you're not making millions of dollars. Uh, so we all know if you've been around for any period of time, you'll all know that there's a company called Sycra, and Sycra makes all kinds of stuff. Uh, Sycra has been making motorcycle, uh, dirt bike accessories for a long time. And one of the chief elements about Sycra, what the reason you get Sycra handguards, the reason you get Sycra professional racing plastics, the reason is they're made in America and they are America, America, man, as America as America can be. And, uh, you can get, you know, all the best gear from Sycra. And I've noticed that Sycra has removed one of their most potent marketing tools is that made in America. And I noticed that it wasn't on their website anymore. And it turns out there's about 476 million reasons why they got hit. Uh, Turns out they got caught. They got caught putting Chinese parts and Taiwan parts 
in bags that said made in America. And they got caught assembling things that were made in Taiwan and China and then stamping made in America on it. Mm. And they caught them in a kind of an interesting way. Uh, Proudly designed, developed, and manufactured in Lexington, North Carolina. And all their packaging features the American flag. So apparently what had happened was they got caught by customs. So customs are the people that caught them. (laughs) It wasn't somebody who worked at the factory. They went, I'm tired of putting this freaking Chinese shit in bags and stapling it with an American flag on it. It wasn't that. It wasn't somebody at the factory that had ethics. Right. Well, the factory... Not in America, but, you know, the packaging center. Imagine that. It wasn't. It, in fact, turned out to be two separate instances customs and border protection officers discovered in shipments from Taiwan products that were already labeled made in America. See, when it's coming from Taiwan, it can't say made in America on it. That's, that's, That's cheating. And I am kind of reassured that in today's world of, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, and who cares who lies? Just get to the money. Right. Uh, I'm glad to see that somebody went, I'm a customs and border official. I inspect things, and I happen to look, and I look in the packaging, and I say, look, this says made in America, and the outside of the box says Asia. Right. I'm going to call somebody. Now, they did, and uh, and and they did. And that guy was like, oh, 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 what was that? <laughs> he was stoked. So... The judgment against them is $872,577. Now, I don't know a lot about Sycra. Uh, I don't know how much money they make. I can't imagine it's a lot more than that because the FTC uh, has partially suspended the fine uh, based on their inability to pay. Oh, geez. So Sycra uh, will be required to pay 221000 of that money. So uh, clearly the FTC didn't want to put them all the way out of business. Or maybe the FTC said, we'll take 221000 this year. Yeah. And then next year we'll take another two hundred twenty, And maybe you can be in on like, no. pay your fine over time. Let me ask you this. So, so yeah. sell more of those <laughs> mislabeled yeah. parts and then we'll get their fine. If but you look at their website now, it does not say made in America anywhere on it. Because you can, you can say assembled in America, right? Like if you have parts from different sources. Well, and then, yeah. But this goes, apparently the FTC is all over this because Pyrex got in trouble for the same oh, thing. Oh, they did. Yeah. Like there's a number of companies that have just been designed in America. Right. Oh, man. But there was there was a thing a long time ago. And I'm, I mean, 30 Rock made a joke about it, apparently, but it was made in USA. Yeah, USA. Yeah, USA. Yeah, USA, China, yeah. Yeah. USA. Yeah, that was so the, the like, old, oh. the longtime urban legend. So <laughs> I'm going to go, and just for fun, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the uh, Cycra's website. I'm, I'm, I promise you, I bought handguards from them before. Like, my bikes have Cycra handguards on them and stuff. And their website used to be just like American flags and trophy <laughs> trucks and like, you know, America, like eagles all over it. And you, I'm going to scroll through. You guys tell me anytime you see any hint of we are made in America on here because they have changed their fucking ways. Uh, I do not see a single hint of made in America on this website anymore. They got their hand slapped hard. Yeah. Even down here in the small print for 20 years, Cycra has led the industry in design, innovation, improving rider experience and performance. Their artwork used to be just 
screaming Psychra made in the USA. See, see if they scrub the internet. Type into Google, I just is Psychra made in the USA? Uh, no, no, I, I did the uh, Psychra made in the USA because you can still find all kinds of packaging where it says Psychra made in America. There's a, you know, here you go. Don't get psychered out. Don't get yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there um, there's plenty of stuff on there. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll uh, is Psychra made in the USA? Is it sleepy? Now. Let's find out. Oh, let's go Gave back to all. Here, sorry about that, bud. Dun, 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 dun. They took it off their home web page. Uh, then there's a lot of stories about the story. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't. I bet yep. you. I bet you they scrubbed it. Here you're the October. I love your stuff and I buy it because it's made in the USA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Sorry, Chief. Yeah. Oh, made by yeah, Billet, billet racing products. Psychra Pro Bend Endura Replacement Shields. Made by Psychra in the USA. So on a lot of small retailers, oh, yeah, they're their marketing there. all still very clearly says made in the USA. Wow. Yeah, clearly. And I mean, I, look, I bought into it. I was very proud when I did my, my DRZ. I did my DRZ in all Psyker stuff because I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy the American-made product. Well, that's what, like, with guitars, you know, everybody wants to buy Martins because they're made in the USA. Right. And then you got some old dude who buys one of the Road series, and those are made in Mexico. Are they? And so the guy got his guitar. I was reading this article, and he's like, what the fuck? He's like, ah, and he's losing his mind. But, I mean, that's public knowledge yeah. unless you're a schmuck. Yeah. There were a couple of companies we used to work with that, for a very short while, put Made in America on their product, and it was made in Mexico. And they argued that since that was... Mexico is in America, just like Canada's America and sure, South America's America and Brazil's America. They're all just South America. Right. right. Yeah. So that was their, that was their trick. They were trying to get through it. Didn't work too well. Didn't, didn't, didn't hang on there too long. No. Yeah. It wasn't the most popular thing anybody could have done, but I thought that was a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting little oof yeah. moment there. Cause you know, we, we buy a lot of stuff at our shop. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we try to make a move and buy something that's American made. We want to do, we want to try to do the right stuff when we can. But something like this is you think you're doing the right thing and you end up, ends up biting you in the ass. And you do spend a little more money for the Psyker stuff because you thought it was made in America. And now you realize it just wasn't. I wonder if there's going to be guys burning their Psyker handguards. I'm pretty sure they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kid rocks shooting their Psyker. Yeah, I, I was wondering why my Psyker handguards fit so perfectly on my SSR. Like they were built <laughs> for like it. They were built <laughs> <laughs> like they were built in, in the, the same, same factory. <laughs> it even smelled the same. I don't know. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> sure smells like it's off gassing Chinese it's plastic. Literally, yeah, right. Uh, Tom, I just opened up this box of parts. Can we leave them in the alley for a while? I just don't want to be this outgassed today. Oh, yeah. God. It's pretty, it's Dude, pretty fucking when bad. I ordered when my daughter was super tiny and I'd take her on the scooter, I got, yeah. I got like this seat belt, like a kid's seat belt that goes around you and then it has yeah. grips for yeah, it. Yeah. When it finally got off the boat and we got it. I had to leave it out in the sun for two months. It's, oh, yeah. I don't know what it fucking smelled really? like. It was like, oh shit! It was like embalming fluid and plastic and oh, oh yeah, no, that, that's about right. Yeah, it was terrible, oh, man. Smells like death. Yeah, well, yeah. this is why you leave all the Benellis in the uh, in the alley. <laughs> that's <laughs> <For> true. <a minute. laughs> it's like, oh great, I've got to deal with this. 
They just the, uh, need they just need to run at seventy six miles an hour for fifteen minutes. For fifteen minutes, minutes. Yeah. Right Sleepy and I figured out how to break in a Benelli. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty certain. No, no, just heat cycle. We're feeling pretty yeah. good about heat cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got this. I think we got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're this is this feels pretty decent. I'm 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 digging it. The uh, I I don't think for one second that there's that we've gotten to the point where with that particular platform right. where we're like. Yeah, we found the weak link. Yeah, no. We haven't found the weak link. Nope. Uh, Tom's, Tom's, Tom, we've had one with a mystery transmission problem. But the good news is I can usually tell when a manufacturer is bullshitting me. Mm-hmm. Like I call them up and I'm like, hey. Uh, talking to you? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And they, when I called them today about this mystery problem, it's, it's a weird thing because when a transmission's bad in a motorcycle, it, there's normally an associated cacophony of fucking noises. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've had transmissions fail in motorcycles before and it's never like a, it's never a non-event. Mm. It's, it's never like, and then it just got quiet. <laughs> right? <laughs> I've never had that happen. It worked itself out. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now look at, I've had hold pistons before. Right. And then it just got quiet. <laughs> it just got quiet. <laughs> right. I've had that happen. I've had broken chains before. And then it just got quiet, right? There well, are there things- was some screaming involved with the broken chain. But- I feel, look, there are, there are times when your motorcycle fails where the absence of noise is an indication of failure. Yeah. But in this particular motorcycle, you, start, you hit the start button. Yep. It makes exactly the right noise. Yep. <laughs> and it idles and it does everything exactly the right way. Yep. You put it in gear and it goes clunk. And you're like, okay, my gear, this is fine. No problem. And then you let the clutch out and no, you no, give it, no, 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 you no. give it the gas and you let the clutch out and no. it just goes, and you're like, it revs exactly like it's supposed to if it was in neutral. If it was in neutral, it would sound exactly there, like this. There is no auditory difference yeah. between Can neutral, you feel it going first, to here? second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes all of the right noises because it, it, it interacts with the cursor. It even it even has the same kind of k-dunk. Oh, yeah. K-dunk. Oh, yeah. What when you, is this? A Benelli TNT. Uh, it, makes the same, it makes the same exact feeling that we all have felt before mm-hmm. when you're now the one thing that it doesn't do. The clutch basket is stripped out? Nope. That was exactly that is exactly <laughs> the I told Tom that was I, I literally told Tom that was the problem. Yeah. I did oh, the, yeah. I did the external auditory diagnosis. Yep. I said John exactly nailed it. Clutch basket stripped oh, yeah. out or the big fucking nut that holds the clutch onto the end of the crank oh, yeah. Yeah. has backed off. Maybe it didn't have a little uh, spring clip on it, or maybe it didn't have a castellated holder or something. And I've had that happen before, where the left side of the transmission is still a transmission, but the clutch is not a clutch. The gear on the crank is. But fine. you know, in those situations, when you know the gear on the crank is fine. What about <laughs> what about the clutch? Yeah. Um, so on the SSR, the yeah. little pit bikes we yeah. had. So I, I had a thing where I pulled the clutch in and yeah. let it out, and then it, it wouldn't work anymore. Yeah. I had to take the 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 side panel off, and right. there's all you have to do is pull this little rubber thing out and lube the hole. There's right. whatever that slider yeah. pin is that goes yeah, back because it wasn't sliding. Yeah, yeah. right. Does that have the, and I, that used to happen on Yamaha XS 650s and stuff too, <laughs> where it would push that little shaft in, right, just a tiny bit, and then it won't. And then you, you're like, 
And then you take it apart and you'd realize how fucking tiny that thing was. Mm -hmm. And you realize all that lever that your hand was doing up top was only moving that clutch push out like an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Holy shit. What a waste of energy between there and there. But that's how it was. And an old XS would get hung up and it just wouldn't move. Right. And so you'd be like, what the fuck, man? You know, you'd let the clutch out and the bike wouldn't go down the street. Right. And then some people would be like, oh, well, you just fucking kick it. You know, like kick it. But the, the honest answer was to take it apart, lube it up and fix it. Right. But it was just because they got dry. That's right. not what's going on here. Hmm. Tom pulled up out the right side of the motor and all the plastic still is in place where it should be. Like all the things that, uh, all the things that should be clean are still clean. Yeah. Hmm. And the oil actually looks beautiful for 400 mile oil. Hmm. This is 400 miles. So it had worked. Up until the I oh yeah, it, it worked one. up until failure. I was going to say <laughs> the, the term that the fella used was I was shifting into fifth gear. I've had this bike for about four hundred miles. Yeah, I knew that I needed to bring it in for a first service. I was just enjoying it, and I shifted into fifth gear, and then nothing happened. Hmm. And I he said I tried shifting to all the other gears, and nothing happened. Yep. And if you got on the bike right, if I brought it in here right now and I let everyone take a shot at it, yep. you would all be doing the same thing that we did because that's what a logical mechanic would do. And it's the weirdest and it's the strangest thing. So, but you, we talked about, you know, manufacturers bullshitting us. Mm -hmm. That phrase, you know, that's the first time we've ever heard about that. <laughs> you know, when I, I have, I have no idea. I have never heard of an MP3's head bearings failing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or any of the other, like, or, you know, second year so you're going to tear it apart or well so this is the debate and this is a thing that i wanted to bring up because this is kind of a, an interesting thing in the way of as a consumer you're like i got a motorcycle i want to ride it mm -hmm. it's clearly it's fucked up yeah and it's under warranty okay great all those things are established so what do we want to do we want to shorten the amount of time between it fucked up and it's fixed mm -hmm. that's what we want to make that time as short as possible and it can be tough in april and may Right. When there's sure. tons and like everybody's being overwhelmed. Right. And so this happens. So I call the manufacturer and here's how the manufacturer usually works. Hey, this weird thing broke. And they go, that never happened ever before. <laughs> so then what I always do is I go into the parts ordering system and I go into the parts ordering system. And if I order that part and they're on back order, then I know that has happened hundreds of times before right. because there are no parts to fix it. Any manufacturer would have a couple of something, right? A couple of something hanging around. They're but, still uh, building the bikes today. Exactly. And the manufacturer probably wants to have a couple of parts around just in case one of them gets fucked up in a certain way. Right, so I went and I tried, and they had all the transmission parts I could pick were available. Hmm. Now, believe me, when John and I experienced all the transmission problems with the Royal Enfield, hmm. they had to make parts. <laughs> Right. Like there were no parts available. <laughs> they had exhausted the whole, like, we're going to, we're going to throw parts at you thing on the first hundred people that this happened to. By the time it got to John and us, cause it was an off season when the thing came down, they were manufacturing racing type gearing, back cut gears and shit and sending us kits that were like. Bored out with bronze, yeah. phosphorus, pushings. And yeah. Stuff. They were not fucking around. So. I kind of feel like I'm not being lied to because the parts that could be wrong are there. Right. So I made this beautiful warranty claim today, like had about like 18 or 19 parts on it because I have no idea what's wrong. Right. But I'm throwing, I'm not going to throw one dart at the dartboard. Mm -hmm. 
I'm throwing the dartboard at a bag of darts. But I mean, like, right? if, if you were SS or Benali or whatever yeah. they are, yeah. QJ or whatever, whatever they're going to be now, um, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't it, you're, you're building this reputation of having a good bike. Oh, I think it is a great bike. Well, right. the, well, that's what I'm saying. But wouldn't it make sense for them to be like, here's a fucking motor. Let's just get so this. So that's a great. Road. Okay. I'll mail you this motor back. Well, yeah. okay. Motor, now. The and then back. he gets to study what the fuck happened to so, the motor. I'm not going to touch. I'm going to leave it exactly well, where it is. Pop it out and send it India. Now. That now, hasn't not happened yet. Okay. So I'm going to yeah, clarify. No, we're not there yet. That hasn't not happened yet. Okay. So right now, as they said to me, how long, how long will it take you to rebuild this motor? from the, the lay shaft up. I, I said six hours, six hours, motor out, split cases, motor on. That's an entire day. That is one entire human day of doing nothing else. I mean, doing nothing else. That means you only jerk off once that day. Okay. But that hurts you because now like it shut my shop down. Oh yeah. If I, yeah. If, if I blow eight shot. hours, right. It shut on my one shop bike. Down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it, there's, right. there's six more right behind it. <laughs> right. So, now you got to weigh your options. I can order an entire motor. Now, right now, the guy who's running the warranty department at, TN, at SSR has got to be like, well, either he takes it apart now, finds the weak link, fixes it, and then we know for the future without us doing our, our due diligence here at the, at the company. Right. We let... Cleveland Moto figure out what the problem was. Mm -hmm. And then not only are we only paying him, you know, four hours of labor at 90 bucks an hour, but because another thing is bullshit is some of these companies have different labor rates for oh, yeah. warranty than they some do. Some of the books are crazy. They're crazy. Professional, like, like, no, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. But anyhow, but anyway, I can understand why it's in their best interest to let me do all the research, to let Tom do all sure. the research and let us figure it out and us find out where the weak link is and tell them. Whereas for my customer, the best answer is new motor in box, mm -hmm. right? Open box, install motor, fuck off way. merrily down the road. Yeah. And it is very funny in my experience as a shop owner, the times when I have had companies send me extremely expensive motors. We're not talking about 135s here. No. Right. We're talking about 1200s with eight valves, mm -hmm. right? Elaborate Italian motors that show up in boxes. Because the company's like, yeah, we don't want you changing the heads. We want the customer to have an entire motor. Right. Right? Because sometimes they don't go back together as good as they should. Right. right? Sometimes you get a leaker. I mean, unless yeah. you're a scam company, I don't right. understand why it wouldn't make sense to do that. It's just, right. it's, it's well, okay. your, your All right. Credentials. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So I probably put Hyosung out of business back in 2007. Hyosung did that themselves. Those motors were garbage. Because I could replace yeah. a GT250R motor blindfolded yeah. by the time I was done with that bike. Yeah. Now, same year, same era, same everything else. Mm -hmm. Kimco made you build yeah. a People 125S motor from yeah. the ground up. Did you, John, did you do that Kimco uh, 500 motor? Exciting, yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Holy, I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked that Kimco was willing to finance yep. my shop building a 500cc motor where the cams were fucking blue. I mean. No lobe. 
No lobe. Lobectomy. Oh, I had <laughs> a cam is supposed to have fucking lobes on it. You know, there's high dwell cams and low dwell cams. This, this was had no dwell. This looked like a paper roll. <laughs> and there no was dwell. no dwell. And there's like the guy was like, my bike's really hard to start. And I was like, cause your fucking valves aren't opening. <laughs> when we got the motor apart, John called me to the back. And the first thing I noticed was that the carriers for the cams were blue. They looked like every part of an SR 71. Oh, geez. These things had truly been flame hardened. <laughs> but then John's like, no, Phil, you're looking at the wrong part. <laughs> and John's, John's running the cam and there's no uppy downy, uppy downy, uppy downy, uppy downy. It's just smooth. <laughs> and it was a super duper low profile, low pro, what was it? A low profile racing cam. Yeah, right. <laughs> High RPM, low profile. High RPM, low profile. <laughs> if there was a I'm, low lift cam. It was a low lift cam. <laughs> to use American math, if there was a 16 inch run out on those, I would have been shocked. They were so ground down. You could have just roughed it up a little bit and it might have ran better. <laughs> might have ran better. <laughs> they were so fucking terrible. But I was still shocked that Kimco yeah. sent us a bill of bill of parts order that was like 300 pieces. So, so why? On this, on this line. Yeah. On this line. This 125 motor I rebuilt. Because yeah. the guy was going over the oh, Crescent City Connection. Balls out. But a 125S is a Chinese Launches bike. Yeah. a crank. Yeah. Launches the crank. So I have to rebuild because cases and all. Yeah. This is not, this is not simple. This is everything. So I had to order every part in a book. Oh, so there, there are, there are slightly more parts in a 500. I get it. Rebuilt. <laughs> now this is the best part. This is the best part <laughs> of the story. You got to wait for it. So I rebuild the whole motor. Yeah. And then I put all of the parts. Yeah. On the shelf. Right. Like you do. Yeah. 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 And then my boss. He yeah. was an idiot. Right. Hires kid. Yeah. Kind of helped me out around the back. Sure. Of the shop. Right. Points Wait, to the shelf. This is your old boss or your new boss? Uh, I was going to say, yeah. The old, old, old boss. Three bosses ago. So the new boss old, hasn't old, hired a old, kid old, yet. old boss. The, well, the guy that helped open the Kimco yeah, yeah. dealer in, in New Orleans. So what parts were on the shelf? Um, so there was an entire Kimco People 125S motor on the shelf mm-hmm. that was, give or take, worth about 15, 1800 bucks. Oh my God, man. And he sends this kid back there to clean up, the, clean up yeah, the shop. Right. So the kid throws all the parts away. Just pitched them. Yeah, just pitched them. Yeah. And then Kimco yeah. calls up and says, "Hey, where's that motor? <laughs> right. Where's the motor? The uh, <laughs> company. Oh, there are yeah. companies that will absolutely. Did you get that, Chris? There are yeah, companies. There are companies that will absolutely. <laughs> there are companies that will absolutely <laughs> throw money where they've lost money a long time ago. <laughs> lost money three or four times over. This is one of those situations where I think that it would be in SSR's best interest. One, get the customer on the road much faster. Oh, yeah. Two, let let me swap the motor. Think about the, yeah. the word of mouth. Man, yeah. My bike, I it had yeah. a problem. They said they never did. I got it back in two weeks with mm-hmm. a brand new fucking motor. But you know what? Every Honda CBR had a crank failure. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't send out one new motor. Nope. Yep. They and every, made and every, every KTM bike. ever has failed. Yeah, every head every every head gasket on every small KTM motor yeah. has really been. I mean, it's been a problem for those three nineties yeah. and all those little bikes. Uh, yeah, and that's so. a big job too. And for when it, when a manufacturer says we're not going to send boxes, we're not going to send a motor. We want you to shut down your service department. Yeah, and that's why um, our friend who runs Sills. 
she had to shut down taking in customers' bikes because of oh, all the three hundred the CBRs. Yeah. So she had to do all these CBRs, even bikes she didn't sell. Right, because she's the only Honda dealer in the area. Whatever. There were a lot of there were a lot of I can't mention their names, but there were some Honda dealers that kind of refused to do that or said, Yeah, we'll get that we're backed up right now, but we can get your CBR in here in, in about like six months or so. So they would go to her and she would be like, well, it's, Honda says I got to do it. I got to do it. And she did so many of those. Her, her, her company did so many of those. But meanwhile, guys who had gold wings that bought gold wings from her that went in and maybe had like a pretty serious job. She's like, well, right now these warranties, their priority, you know, Honda's saying this is a recall. We got to get these bikes back on the road. Recalls have to happen fast. And, she said, she goes, it, it nearly cost me my business hmm. because it wasn't, here's a motor in a box. You can get the old motor out, new motor in pretty damn quick if you need to. It was instead motor out, tear the thing down to the fucking cranks and yeah, rebuild it's, it. It's these, these companies get away with something. It's almost like they should have hired an outside mechanic and like, okay, hey, we need a, we need a booth at your yeah. shop. We need a, we need a, a Actually, especially maybe a Honda certified mechanic. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, like somebody like, who's specifically hey, trained to do hey, that and job. And I can see them asking yeah. for a lift. Like, can we just get a lift and we'll, we'll I send think any guy. shop in America would do it. <laughs> I think. And if he and, can do it in the four hours per book, he oh, can do it. But then we, then we would actually know it could happen. Right, but I, mean, if that's I would the, love to watch somebody do that in four hours. But if a guy, if that's all yeah. he does, dude, you'd yeah. get down to four hours. I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah. If I had, if I had a lot, a lot of coffee and Phil knows how much coffee I can drink. Oh, he'd give you the coke at that point. <laughs> but John was John was flying through those gearboxes. Yeah, and I mean, John had a like system. I've, I've got I've got people. I did I've, five in one week. In one week, I've got yeah. I've got buddy uh, kick. I did five down. in one week because I didn't talk into the microphone. <laughs> now I get to I got, suck the microphone. I have back. I have buddy kick fuel pumps down to a freaking <laughs> science. I can do these in no time. I get it. Do you know who uh, Renee became our weapon one year at the shop? <laughs> We discovered Renee's got really small hands. Oh, God. <laughs> One, it makes your dick look big. But more importantly, <laughs> there, oh. were, um, there were this certain particular, you know, certain particular bike that had a certain particular fuel tank problem. And the, the entire fuel tank had to th- be thrown in the garbage. So, and this was, this was part of like the Ducati was having problems with gas tanks. Yep. Yep. Delaminating. They would, and they would swell. Swell. And other companies had the problem too. And Renee got to be so good. At doing these fuel tanks, uh, we did pretty good on those. <laughs> I'm say, like, by the end of the day, I think we were getting four hours a piece for those, and I think Renee can knock it out in about an hour and a half. <laughs> and to see to see just seven or eight bikes lined up at a time, and, and Renee's back there. She had a, a, a hoist going up to the roof. Oh, and, that's what that's for. So she'd lift the she'd lift the back of the bike up. Change the tank, take all the body work off, change the fuel tank, get everything put back in. And Renee was knocking them out. Like, nice. And that left our other mechanics to do all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was funny because I was like, Renee was like, well, I'm pretty sure. Because I was trying to do one and I couldn't get my arm inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Renee, come down here. Can you can you get your arm in there? And she's like, oh, yeah, I can get my arm in there. I'm like, can you disconnect that fuel pump? I can disconnect. You get that fuel setting. I can get that fuel setting. Yeah. Yeah, good. Like, what go. the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm holding the flashlight at this point. Dad. Let me show you how to do the other four things and I can leave. <laughs> and I did. And it was great. She's such a trooper, man. Because That's- it is, there is a thing about, you nailed it when you said, like, if you could have somebody trained to do that job. Yeah, right. And if the company sees there's a problem, 
right? If the company says, oh shit, um, BMW had all kinds of final drive problems, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honda, Goldwings had all kinds of fucking problems with the, uh, the uh, swing arm support, right? If you had a guy that was a specialist and you go, okay, well, in this, de- in this 200 mile area, yeah. boom, here's the dealer that sold a shit ton of them. Let's set this guy up at that guy's shop. Yeah, and you send all your customers, hey, yeah. there's a problem with your bike you have from June 20th to that's July brilliant. 20th to get your bike that's in and get it done. That's fucking genius. Yeah. yeah. And that's fantastic. And then because that guy's there, he's physically on site. He could show up with a truck. He could show up with his yeah, if you, Honda yeah, if truck needs, sure. set up with the right tools and the right parts. And then that saves the dealership. Because I will tell you, recall warranty claims are biting my dick. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know how to slow my shop down, the minutia, you think your taxes are a pain in the ass. Try ordering like the 18 parts you need to order to get through to the part you need to do some of these recalls. Let me ask you this. So if, yeah. if, if you're in charge of recalls and it's for like back when the Stelvias had the roller rocker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens yeah. if it wasn't done in time and that caused a chain reaction of other shit? And now when you d- when you jump into this four-hour process, yeah. now it's a 30-hour process. What happens there? You have to do, it, it is exactly what you think it is. They want to pay you the time that they have said they'll pay you, six hours or whatever. Right. But then you have to fight them and say, okay, but this led to this and this led to yeah. that. But they are all saying, well... You know, we let people know about this six years ago, mm. and we had a customer. I had a customer years ago brought in a, a Moto Guzzi eleven hundred, and I didn't even know about it. This was well before my days of being involved. Oh, I know where you're going with this. I, I would. I will be shocked if you can tell me what the answer is. I will be shocked because I had no idea this even existed. Absolutely shocked. If you if you come close on this one, I will be amazed because you could have knocked me over with a feather. Anything. Hydraulic lifters on the V11? No. 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 The fucking triple clamps. Oh, the yeah. Things, is, yep, yep. The things that hold your motorcycle together. Yep. And a guy brought it into my shop and said, I, I, I can't ride my bike. I said, what the hell is going on with my bike? He said, my fucking triple clamp is broken. Jeez. And I... I've only ever seen triple clamps broken in crashes, yeah. but the lower triple clamp was cracked all the way on the fork holder so that there was a, a pronounced, if you grabbed the front wheel and turned it, you could see daylight Jeez. in the casting. Fucking mm. scary as shit. Three Piaggio Guzzi's had a lot of issues. A, that that old era, the stone and the jackal and the, yeah. I told the guy, I have no idea. <laughs> seriously, I have no idea what's going on. He goes, no, there's a recall. Because old Gootsy men know more oh, yeah. than oh, yeah. than f- fucking Noah. Like uh, <laughs> well, didn't you have crazy. didn't you say there was another one that like Chris's bike ended up having where you had to cut that fucking wire or <laughs> that, something? That is, right? That that yeah. one right there. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> really glad, really glad we didn't chase that the long way around the park. <laughs> we could have spent a lot of Chris's money yeah. chasing that the long way around the park. Because that presented as like nine other problems. Right. <laughs> Turns out one problem. It needed, it needed a boil. It needed a boil. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like if you would have taken that to a shop that hadn't done 10 of those. Oh, yeah. And his bike, in the documents that his bike had, yeah. in the documents that exist at Moto Guzzi about his bike in the shop that prepped his bike and sold his bike, said it was done. Oh, jeez. 
So then you, yeah, you wrote that off already. Of course, I didn't even think that was going to be the problem. No thought whatsoever that was going to be the problem. I was like, ooh, we've got another problem. And I was like, (laughs) I'm thinking stater, (laughs) you know? And Chris is thinking, Fucking money. I told Chris, I was like, this is like a $700 day. Yeah. And Chris was like, this is not good. I was like, <laughs> you had to have the big one. Yeah. <laughs> you had to buy All the expensive one, I did was try one, to put my 1500, plug my 1500 watt <laughs> space heater in. <into> <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is. Everybody has 3,000 watts of power in their yeah, bag, right? Yeah. Uh, Are you bagging on your bartender? No, I, I really... <laughs> no, but Chris does have, like, heated socks, gloves, right. underwear, <laughs> jacket, like... I wouldn't blame somebody for thinking really? I here, would not. It was never a problem when he rode it. Up here where it's 30 degrees. Like, <laughs> never a problem. He rode that bike around the world. I touched it once. I touched it one time. One Got down to West 44 Street. Time. Bad touch. And you're to try Bad to, touch. You try to say that it has nothing to do with the weight of the rider. John was feeling terrible. John was like, oh, man, I don't know what I did, but I did something. <laughs> But I was so happy. On his that, anniversary, too, no way. Oh, oh man. man. It was terrible. Let me borrow your fancy bike for my anniversary. <laughs> to die and then push it down. There's just street. a puddle of electricity on the floor where there used to be a battery. <laughs> you know how many you know how many times Mrs. McElfresh has been on that death trip? <laughs> where she knows she knows we might be walking home <laughs> the R between the RV trips and car trips and all of them that had ended and fail I actually don't know why she would ever get in or on a vehicle with you ever again because <laughs> you're like there's a real good chance we're walking home <laughs> yeah in the stand age of Uber never oh man that's but that's uh, you know that's a real thing we talk about Really, really, really. And I contacted Gucci about this bike because, hey, as far as I'm concerned, a recall is a fucking recall. Right. There is no time limit on a recall. A recall is something that can hurt you. A recall is something that the manufacturer said people might fucking die. Dude, Takata airbags. I had a 2008 car and in 2019, they were like, did you get the recall done look, on that car? Look, I have a 2003 yeah, Honda sitting in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Every four months, they send me a, hey, you you, no, you still haven't done it yet? Seriously, you need to get your passenger yeah. side airbag replaced. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. <laughs> well, the problem is in New Orleans, they have, they're like two Honda dealers, yeah. and it's New Orleans, yeah. so you're, they're like, I don't know, we don't care. Yeah. So I, now I'm in a state where it's like a almost a second world country. <laughs> I might actually try to contact a Honda dealer to get it done. They might actually do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Honda, yeah. New Orleans is like, nah, but fuck that. I, <laughs> I contacted Gucci about this, and the guys at Gucci had to look the shit up. The guys at Gucci North America were like, "You're bullshit, man." I'm like, "No, no, for real, man." I I, I looked it up. It wasn't on the internet because the internet wasn't invented yet. <laughs> but I did discover. I talked to an old man with a very long beard and some red suspenders, and he said he told me he had a letter. I just had a vision of my future from Moto Gucci that said that there was a recall on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this guy's motorcycle, right. but it was the same model and everything else. And these guys were like, well, you're going to have to send us a, a picture of that. You know, you're, you're going to have to scan that letter. And I was like, I, I, I'll do anything I can at this point to not make this old man unhappy, yeah. right? <laughs> because it's it's through the old man network. And if you've oh, ever yeah. been to a Moto Guzzi rally, it's oh, just yeah. old men. Yeah. It's just what Moto Guzzi rallies are. They have a big deal, everyone. They're like the oldest rider and the youngest rider. Yeah. And they're closer than you think. 
Dude, Ryan yeah. Ryan F nine from uh, uh, Fortnite. Yeah, he dropped this the the video of all the different kinds of motorcycle motors, like parallel twins. Okay, yeah, twins yeah, also. Yeah. And he gets to the boxer, and he was like, "The boxer, terrible motor, invented for old men who are scared of dropping their bikes. <laughs> it makes it easier to get off the side stand. Okay, because the center, right, the center so gra- yeah, exactly. So yeah. But that when when you think about your motorcycle that you own. Eh, we, we, it wouldn't hurt to check recalls. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for nothing. Uh, Since yeah. you know, you mentioned like you know, well, you know, the Royal Enfields. We had to do that before we sold them. Yeah, they were still. It good. was a brand <laughs> new, brand new bikes, <laughs> zero miles on it. Yeah, I had to start them up just to make sure they were running. Yeah, before yeah. I completely tore, tore them apart. apart. <laughs> so when you're talking about like you don't want to tear, like you would rather give this guy a brand yeah. new motor. It was a brand it was new still motor. a brand new motor. <laughs> we had to tear it apart, and you know, but ultimately, if if I could do it in one day. Right. They were giving us like 500 bucks yeah. a bike and I wasn't making $500 no. a day. So yeah. it right. actually it's pretty cool. We were making money. We were doing good at it. Rebuilding a motor. We kept getting day. lists that told us what bikes were affected. So it was like, okay, this is the list of bikes that are, and we were killing it. Like we were selling a lot of Royal Enfields. And so I was like, okay, let me look at the list. Okay, great. So John, the good news is out of this, you know, we got 14 Enfields in the building. It only affects three of them. And it's, turns out it's only first gear. And by the time I put the envelope down, another envelope had arrived. <laughs> and I opened it up and I was like, well, shit, John, hold on. It's seven of the bikes in the room and it's first and second gear. And so John starts tearing apart the first and second one. And he's doing first gear and second gear. Little packages arrived with a cool little first and second gear in it. And I got another envelope that said, it's all of the bikes and it's all the gears. <laughs> yeah. then, then, then they sent us the kit and it was second, third, and fourth. I'm like, wait a second. John, John opens up the box and brings it in and he goes, am I supposed to put all these in? <laughs> He's like, I think they just fucked up and sent us too much. <laughs> and then it turns out we, I called... I called the home office and they're like, oh yeah, put them all in. <laughs> it, it, we're not it, taking any chances. It turns out the problem was you were selling old Royal Enfields. You know what? These were the fuel injected oh, ones. These yeah, were and they're still ones. garbage. These were UCs. They're still garbage. And ultimately, I believe that problem was a windage problem <laughs> oh, yeah. that you could have been solved by drilling a hole. Yeah. The way that, so you yeah. have the crank yeah. and the way the wind, the, the way the case wrapped around yeah. the, the webs of the crank, yeah. it didn't allow a straight line for yeah. the, to get up on the, the delay shaft. If you'd have just cut a hole in there and let some oil spray up onto it, it'd probably been well, fine. Well, <laughs> All right, everybody got your drinks ready? You got your drinks ready? I don't think it's I don't think it's appropriate in this situation. Okay. Uh, the, uh, Had, I mean, they went through and built a whole new motor. The fuel injected motor was a whole new motor. Yeah. And they only had it for like one, what, what, three years? They still have it right now. They still have the exact, exact same, same motor? Because right the, the new bikes motor. are entirely different. Like, they're an entirely different level of quality. We did not sell any of the of old. We Phil would have never sold oh, no, the old right. AVLs. With the, with the we only sold the new one. With freaking tam- the, the, the tampon oil filter. I, yeah. do, I do have to confess to one thing. And I don't know. If, no, you weren't with us. There was a thing called the Scottish Games. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the Scottish Games Motorcycle Guild. And it's a bunch of guys who wear kilts and ride motorcycles and they go out to the fairgrounds and they eat food and they have breakfast at a guy's house and it's really fun and it's British motorcycles. And so I had just gotten my very first ever, 
I'd placed an order for six Royal Enfield UCEs, all fuel injected, all unit constructed engines. And our man at Royal Enfield back then, Kevin Mahoney, amazing human being, said, well, Phil, I, I, you're a new dealer and I understand you're very excited and we're happy to have you as a new dealer, but I just don't have any to give you right now. We, we just don't have many. But I've got an actual beautiful white AVL, which is the old iron barrel, you know, <laughs> aluminum barrel. Like it's the old one where the where you shift with this foot and things go all the way around the motor and then they shift on the other side, right? It's truly <laughs> with a neutral finder. With, yeah. a, with a neutral finder, exactly. <laughs> and then and he you goes, still can't find neutral. Right? <laughs> and he goes, "This will at least have you'll at least then have a Royal Enfield on your floor." for all these droves of customers that are coming in because they did market, they did market the new 500 pretty heavily and it was in all the magazines. So we had a lot of people coming in and wanting to see the product. So I said, I told you I didn't want any of those fucking motorcycles with the old shit and didn't want them and they were bad and I, I, I won't do it. And also I'm not going to work on them. So I'll carry your new shit, but I'm not going to work on your well, old shit. I can shit. tell you right now that didn't last yeah. long. That's right. <laughs> So he goes, he goes, I'm going to send you one just so you have it on your floor. What color do you want? Do you want all black or do you want all white? Kick that old guy who wore shorts all the time in the nuts. <laughs> fucking sidecar, fucking AVL bullshit. Fucking road. I don't care how much money it costs. Just have your fucking slip. Get out there and. Can't work on it in the shop because it's 90 it degrees out. And I'm laying on the fucking street changing the fucking fucking. Fuck. John was so fucking angry. Okay. I took one. I took one old Enfield and I rode it to the Scottish games. And so Dustin was riding a brand new, I mean a brand new UCE 500 Royal Enfield because they're fuel injection and they're reliable. So Dustin was riding one of those and I figured I'll take one for the team. I'll ride the old crunch and ticker. Right. <laughs> but I thought it looked sexier anyway. So I got my kilt on and all that shit and we're riding along and we tried to do something that nobody's ever tried before. 60 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> on a 500 CC motorcycle. Yeah. And I was laid down on the fucking gas tank on yeah. this thing. And the noises it made were scary. Yep. <laughs> and it, it made all that like, and it was a brand new bike, and we, we'd broken it in about 20 or 30 miles, changed the oil, and put more oil in it. And then rebuilt the motor. And we drove it, and going to the, going to the Scottish Games, Dustin kept looking over, and he's like, let's go. And I was like, going. And he goes, let's go. And I was like, all the fucking go. going, dude. All the go. Right. I've got. There's no more go. She's pinned. <laughs> Top gear, pinned. All she's got, 11 horsepower, right? <laughs> couldn't got go. Couldn't and anything go any over 3,000 RPM, no. the, the valves are not returning by They're the station. They're bouncing <laughs> off the piston. They're not even getting close. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, piston no, return no, valve no, no, closing. So, so how bad, how bad was that motor? That the motor that perpetually puked its guts out anytime an American tried to drive it at 80 miles an hour, which is the new 500 UCE motor. Oh which is the last motor built in their old factory. And then they built a whole new factory to build those new fancy twins, 
the 650 twins. Now, those motors are much, 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 much better. They so still build. Tell Larry that. Tell Larry that. <laughs> Larry won't believe you. But they still do build the 500 UCE motor that Chris had in his bike and that a lot of people have had. But we've also had a lot of people that went out and tried to like ride it from like Cleveland to Columbus. And then their bike developed a one liter of oil per thousand miles consumption. Mm-hmm. after that and so you know they're just not built for that they're not they're built for having a family of four at 35 miles per hour shifting at 1200 rpm i would have taken i would have put a change the sprockets immediately. yes immediately none of those should have came to america with the gearing that they had when the guy shows up on the old avl that he didn't buy from us we'll see you chris ciao All right, later, Chris. when the guy showed up at our shop on that sidecar rig <laughs> And John was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I know these motors intimately. John's like, I've rebuilt so many of these things. It's not a problem. And the guy shows up. Oh, I just need a herb, herb. And then John gets out and he's like, what, what the fuck is this? External oil lines? What the, you know, what is this garbage? And I think that was your first AVL you had to work on. <laughs> and what a piece of shit that is. It's just a garbage bike. Yeah, then there was like that military one that mm-hmm. had the shifter linkage because uh-huh. it's supposed to shift on the right, but we've. Got the linkage that goes all the way to the left, and it, it's all fucking sloppy as hell. So you can move the shifter like six inches up and down. That was the second to last pre-unit, right? So that was the second to last oh, pre-unit was where it had literally linkage that went the whole way around the motor. <laughs> so it was like a mousetrap situation where you'd push here, and a week later, <laughs> the, the, the shift shaft would rotate. And, and John's not kidding. Fucking awful. Yeah, But you'd awful. shift it from the shoulder. So you'd like, you'd get your toe underneath it and you just pull your whole body up. <laughs> the travel where your foot would start the travel was about three and a half inches. Oh, that's beautiful. And it would move the shift shaft about a quarter of an inch. The sure. only time you could find neutral is when you wanted a gear. That was the guarantee. <laughs> there was a neutral everywhere, every, in between every gear, yeah. except yeah. when you really wanted to stop and right. find a right. real neutral. A real neutral. Yeah. And hit the neutral finder lever, it still didn't fucking work. <laughs> the neutral finder lever was fantastic at putting the bike in third. What so, is a neutral finder lever? This is new to me. You don't know so about that? So it was over right on, so the, it's, it's over on this side. It was it goes into the transmission, and when you hit, it's an actual pedal that you can hit, and it's supposed to find neutral. It's supposed to put the bike in neutral. A lot Even of motorcycles have it. Whatever gear it's Whatever in, gear you're in. It's supposed to put you in neutral. I've never had a bike. Whatever gear you're in. What bikes have those? A lot of them had it. Yeah, a lot of them had it. So a lot of motorcycles have had the neutral finder and it's not even that uncommon in British motorcycles. Our Veliset Viceroy scooter had a neutral finder. Um, I've had a lot of bikes that had neutral finders. Um, My Contessa NSU uh, Contessa Triumph had a neutral finder. So uh, I'll pull it up. I'll throw it up on the screen so you guys can see it. And the neutral finder is in its... (laughs) When it's working, the way it's yeah, I thought you guys were just being funny. To me, a neutral finder is an indicator of a not very well built transmission. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you guys were being slick. Like a neutral finder is that's a, a neutral finder. Okay. Oh my god. So that is a neutral finder. It's a so full on straight up lever. It's a full on straight up lever, right? And uh, the neutral, the neutral finder is a real thing. It it exists, and on a lot of old British motorcycles that I've owned, they have a neutral finder, and it's. Uh, now I understand because I haven't owned a lot of old British motorcycles, yeah. so I have no idea. Does your, your Triumph have my no. sixty four? Does not his sixty four does, does not. not yeah, okay. my fifty nine did. And I forget. Yeah. Basically, that lever is on. That lever is on the right hand side. Shift drum. Yeah. And if you yeah. push that lever, you see that nub sticking out below it. Yeah. It stops. 
And so it just rotates your shift drum, yep. and then that stops, and yep. you're supposed to stop in neutral. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. But then, like, these also have... I, the newer motors had a cassette-style transmission. Yeah. But I think these had a drum. I think all that is doing is just taking your shifter drum and turning it to the place where it's supposed to be neutral. Right. Huh. I think. No, that's Don't exactly what it is. That's that's exactly it. how it works. <laughs> I assure you, that is exactly how it's supposed to work. And there isn't there is nothing magical about it. And it does. I mean, the idea is that it does work. You know, uh, the I. I'm, this. Oh, is, it doesn't work. I mean, it didn't work on any one I ever experienced it work. <laughs> I sort of made it work, but I wasn't happy right. with it. So yeah, that's the I, that's the idea behind oh, it. It lives behind the right. kickstarter. It just lives right there. Yep, it lives right there. That's where it is on the three fifty. So you're supposed to do it with your heel, then I take it. Yeah, you can do okay. it. With your, yeah, you just reach up and. Give it a smoosh. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. The uh, If it's in second, third, or fourth gear, uh, you just literally hold the clutch and then push down on the neutral finder. Huh. So no matter what gear you're in other than first, when you're pulling up to the red light, you pull the clutch in and you push your heel down on the neutral finder and it goes right to neutral. Gotcha. Yep. And then you just start your climb through the gears again. and that's But you have to pull the clutch. Yeah. If you don't... If if you don't pull the clutch, uh, it's not going to work. You get a lot of that See mechanical. that right there, though. Yeah. See how you just moved that thing? Yeah, yeah, That's the problem. That's the problem because it's you have a set stop. Yeah. And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, Fuck you, <laughs> John. John, I think John's John's totally right by saying like, if you see a neutral finder, you have a poorly constructed transmission. Because <laughs> otherwise, Aww. the transmission shift lever is the neutral finder. Right. You don't need a supplemental one. Oh. You just need to know where neutral lives. Right. Well, I mean, you're looking at what forties era British technology that has been. Yeah. It's manipulated. Oh, look for how well it's working. 70 well, I, years. I was joking. I was going to be like, oh, you can see all the blood coming out of his leg. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But that is, that is exactly how it works. And yeah, they're weird, but it's a functional thing. I had an old BSA that had it and it was, uh, and I was like, oh, what the hell's going on over here? And then I think I had a, it might've been a Zundat Bella I had that I was looking, I was counting the pedals that came up through the floor of the scooter. And I was like, there's one too many pedals. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That's way too short to be a Kickstarter. It's way too short to be anything else. And I got the owner's manuals out and I was like, oh, it's the neutral locator. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. On a Zundap German bike. So yeah, it's a thing. It happens. Those are, those are real. That's cool. It's funny that Zundap is German. You know what I mean? Zundap? Yeah. Zundap? Well, Zundap? no, it sounds like it sounds Indian to me. Like Zundap. Oh, it does. Right? Zundap. Right. There's at least yeah. what? Two umlauts in the middle of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a word that's nothing but umlauts. Umlauts. <laughs> it's just umlauts. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Anybody else get anything else? No. Okay. No. Uh, the, American, the American National Motorcycle Museum is going to be going out of business. Uh, I think they're in Iowa. And. Uh, they're going to auction off their entire museum. Wow. And uh, that's, a, that's a thing that's, that might appeal to people that are into. Why would anybody have any reason to go to Iowa if they close down? Well, yeah. It's, uh, Probably it pretty fucking. Is Pickerington still open? Or did they close down? Pickerington? Uh, the AMA Museum. Yeah. Yeah, it's still there. Oh, okay. yeah, it's thriving. Yeah. It's, I thought there yeah. was something up with that. Okay. No, they're they're doing very well. Uh, well, it, that's good. Yeah. It's not in Iowa, so people go visit. Right. So they are going to use, uh, so this 
this is happening and they are going to be using Mecham to do it. So they'll be doing Mecham and not for nothing guys to not to put too fine a point on it. This is an amazing museum. Uh, I've been to this thing. It is a rich, rich museum. If somebody wanted to buy, um, billionaires can't buy all the shit, right? I mean, Mecham's a little out of control on stuff. That's why they're drug dealers. It's crazy. It is just crazy. The stuff that's in here. I mean, there's, can we use some Patreon money and buy a bike? Please. Uh, the board track display in the museum is crazy because they built a board track, like a segment of a board track. Mm -hmm. They laid it out the same way that they were built originally with the boards standing on end. And they did a beautiful job of kind of showing the history of how board trackers worked and what they did and everything else. They should auction that whole thing off in one piece, including the bikes that are mounted on on it. it. Uh, It's it's so cool. But uh, Barber, Barber's got much the same thing in one of their corners too, where it's the yeah, boards yeah. step on so step. So you can see that right yeah. there. It's, it's banked yeah, yeah, and it's everything so else. It's so interesting you should mention Barber because my friend, who I was supposed to go with to Barber about 10 years ago, Uh-oh. and I bought my tickets and everything and had my car loaded up in a trailer and I was going to go to the swap meet. What? Only to find out that he got thrown in jail the night uh, before oh, trying to buy oh. some crack down on the east side. What the fuck? I mean, I mean, and he, got, you know I what happened out. today? I got out. I got you know out. What Do you know what happened today? That motherfucker sent me pictures from Barber. No. Oh. Oh. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, down here for a week. I mean, if, if you want, I said right now. Yeah, uh, no, he's racing Porsches. Oh, oh. What the fuck? No, jail yeah. was good to him. Well, now what he's selling. Cra- now he's selling what crack. He fuck? took the one piece of advice that I, that he needed the most, which was leave Cleveland. Okay, yeah. all right. And when he left Cleveland, his life changed. Hey wait, man, wait, wait, attitudes wait. and latitudes, which is weird because and I, I had to slowly remind him. I'm like, we're just talking about this. So I tried not to be. I wanted to just be like, yeah, it would have been nice to go, except you got fucking thrown in jail. I I, I just said. Yeah, I'd like to go there someday. What it? No. And he said, "Oh, I thought you did." And I said. <gasps> No, oh, I didn't. Uh, Peggy, Peggy wouldn't let me drive. She was afraid I would fall asleep. I, I didn't say anything about him being in jail. And then he came back. He's like, oh, yeah, right. I was in the slammer. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I'm sure that the memory I, of you not going to Barber was not the first thing he remembers on the night he went to jail. I'm the first fucking person he called and wanted his fucking commissary fucking juiced and shit like that. Fuck him. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he fried. He's, I mean, he's, he's in there fighting like 17 people and he's like, oh, shit, I didn't go to Barber with John. It, that it, wasn't his first rodeo. If, if you okay. want to go, I'm, I mean, hell. I've been going for 11 years. We're in the swap. <laughs> Well, shops, I do swaps. want to go. I, I really and do need to make the time I to go. I technically need to bring a scooter back to a guy so I can get another Kajiva because, of course, I need another Kajiva. My God, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Point so, being, though, motherfucker. We can get you there. We can get you there. It's a great museum. So what time of year is Barber? Uh, October. 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 Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But there is the small bore, which is coming up in, what, July? That's their attempt at trying to be mid Ohio. Well, it's, right? No, no, no. It's uh, no Groms and Cubs and like it is small board. No, that's what I'm saying. Stuff. Like they're trying to get I young actually, kids more interested. I can in tell Barber. you right now. Right. What's that? The small board thing. They're trying it, to get younger kids more bar- interested into bar. No, bar- yeah. Right? Uh, it's Groms. It's, it's all Groms. Like yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And- that's true. I do not want to go to Barber doing the Vintage Motorcycle Festival at all. Okay, oh. then you should go to small board. Oh. 
Well, I want to go sometime when it's, when it's not, not busy. The Vintage Motorcycle and I, Festival. And I just want to go see the museum. Right. You want to go yeah. see the museum when it's not because, assholes well, and elbows. I well, will just be to, upset. To be fair, the Vintage Days as of late have been kind of lax on their on the attendance. So. Yeah, I will just be upset with their festival and their, their swap meet. It's kind of and then I won't, I'll be walking around in Alabama heat in October. <laughs> That's true. And I'll say this is just I will have no I don't want any part of that. When when is small bore? I, I, I can completely feel you about like <laughs> that, it will only be frustration. That whole thing about like and this is how you're doing Mid Ohio wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I see what you tried to do there, but you failed. Yeah, right? failed. Yeah, you failed. You you failed, you failed, and you failed. And I do like, get that. You just told people that they can't walk on grass. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I, uh, I can't live in that world. No, I can't no, live no. in that world. I'm sorry, John, can you tone it down? Sir, your kickstand is off the grass and it's on the blacktop. Can you please move that kickstand, please? I'm gonna. They're gonna have I'm gonna be arrested. They're just gonna be like, oh. It is remarkable. Fuck you! I'm fucking doing a burnout. Give so, me another beer. So, are you saying the Bourbon Ferry does not attend bar? No, the Bourbon oh, Ferry no, no. does not. Now, the Bourbon Ferry doesn't want a felony. Now I have to, I have to admit this. <laughs> In Mid Ohio, <laughs> the Bourbon Ferry is totally appreciated. I will, yeah. I will say this: no. no, Barber, Barber is all the old men. And if you are partying <laughs> after eight o'clock at night, I'm not kidding. If you're partying after eight, eight o'clock at night, they will call the sheriff. You'd be like, yeah. you'd be like when Snoopy goes on the beach and it's like, no dogs. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of like Barber. <sighs> Barber is totally old men, and it is totally after after eight o'clock. You are quiet. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I just, for fun, I just pulled up an image of a uh, barber. Uh, just Google, Google image, Barber Vintage yeah, yeah, Festival. Yeah, yeah. And there is not a single picture of anything on fire. Anything. <laughs> no, no. Nothing. No, no. no smoke whatsoever. Which is, smoke. which is kind of a shame because Mr. Barber himself, he's actually a really cool guy. Like, they, he loves burnouts. He loves doing crazy stuff. Everybody in stories. all of these pictures has their clothes on. But, like, like if insurance he, agents fucking the only, it, probably. The only person that has ever had his... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell tales here. The only person that's ever had his clothes off at Barber? Yeah. Fire J. <laughs> yeah, but, okay... Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. But like they do, this is not this, this is not that kind of situation. Like I showed See this up. guy in this picture. I tried to this bring guy got arrested. Right. He did. Cause he was doing a U-turn. Oh, yeah. He did a U-turn. Oh, no, that was legal. Yeah. He did a U-turn on a fucking uh, H2. Yeah. He did a U-turn and he's wearing a helmet by the way. Do you know what happens in front of our booth? H2 is at 75 miles an hour on gravel. Yeah. In a t-shirt. Yeah. Or how about an H2 motor in a mini bike? In a mini bike. With <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> gravel. Like so I, many bad things. I wanted, I, for, for 11 years, I wanted to love this. And for 11 years, it literally has been, all right, it's 8 o'clock. Uh, it, it literally is like like prison, lights out. Wow. In Barber, it's like all the bikes are lined up and they're all oh, standing yeah. up. They're all oh, vertical. Dude. Nothing's laying on its side. Yep. Look at all that chrome with no rust on it. Yep. What the fuck's no. wrong with these? Nothing's, it is, it's a show. It's not a swap meet. It's nothing's not a, currently well, being that's, that's, scavenged. That, it, that has been the problem with the swap meet I is bet that you all those bikes very long too. time. <laughs> exactly. You know what's worse? I don't see a single fucking Jawa. Nope. I don't see anybody <laughs> laying on the ground, can stealing you, a part off of another oh, bike. Oh, can you mean see? Jawa as in... Wait, as in wait. No, because I was going to say the 353 that I got for uh, Vespa, Vespa Man. I can see John. I can see John walking around Barber with like a shop towel and a screwdriver, like nobody needs a carb adjusted. Yeah. Nobody can. <laughs> Not one to carb to clean. running bikes. 
I just found the filthiest fucking campsite at Barber. I'm going to put it up on the screen so oh, our they patrons. They had box wine. Those fucking scoundrels. <laughs> Lowbrow. <laughs> fucking guys, man. There's a picture of me somewhere. We're making, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, this, this Champagne is... cocktails over like a fire. <laughs> it's kind of the stuff we did. I mean, wow. I'm going to throw the- Oh, yeah, no, it's it's. It is it is the 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 cleanest cut rally you'll ever see. I'm going to throw this picture up. These are the two these are the two dirtiest nastiest fuckers at Barber right here right now, and you could eat off of that XL one. Oh yeah, you could eat off of it. the The closest thing to a non running bike is I see a battery sitting on the seat of this Trail 90 behind him. That is the closest thing to a non running bike I see in this picture. Even their trash looks clean. Like even their garbage. Oh gosh, no! They've got guys that come by like every five minutes, and they they police you if you're in the aisles. A Toyota Tundra's got aisle. a cap on it. Yep. I mean, come on, man! Yep. They're not even trying. I don't see one broken down RV. <laughs> There's no mud. There's no fucking no, bulldozers no. pulling shit out this of mud. Nope. This nope. is bullshit. On, this is bullshit. No, I can't go there. You're right, John. You're right. <laughs> can't go there. You know, that's just one of those things. You'd be there the entire time just being like, wow, this is really fun. You know, sucks. every dude here besides that bike that he paid somebody else to build has a set of Callaway golf clubs <laughs> in their fucking trunk. <laughs> is this the point where we call Dean this is, out? This is Barber, Vintage Motorcycle Days and Golf Support Group. <laughs> There, the Bass Pro Shop is down is like a mile down the I road. Like it's right outside the front gate. Yeah, I'm I'm picking up what they're laying down, and and you're it's, right. It is a it is it's it's a great campus. Like it is great. Yeah, it's, I, everything I is beautiful. The museum would be fun. Everything right. is well yeah, tailored. Right. I've owned half the bikes in the museum in the past, or some shape or another. Not in the shape they're in the museum. <laughs> Not the shape they're in the museum because they have actual Christmas trees oh, gosh, full of bikes. The basement. That where they have their individual rooms for individual restoration yeah. pieces. Like I, I envision one day having a shop like that, but then I go into like the back of the shop where I could do that. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. Honestly, these are just fuck you motorcycle displays. <laughs> these, these displays of motorcycles are just literally rubbing your nose. And I'm going to, I think that's, well, is it not the line of Britons that are up there? Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it, boss. Give me a second. <laughs> what the fuck? You guys are breaking. What the fuck was John. that, John? The holy shit, man. It's all that CPAP sleep. No, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say, whoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Christmas tree. Whatever poor son of a bitch is listening to this podcast and headphones on right now. Okay, one. We're sorry. So, so. If you want to know something very mad, actually, it got me a private. It, it got me a private tour, so I can't. I can't complain too much. Did you knock one of those over? But the second, no, the second tour, the, the second um, floor there, right? Yeah, there are two Allstates. I see them. Okay, there are two Vespa Allstates. Yeah, I see them yeah. now. The red one, which we all know, is what sixty-two yeah, to sixty-six. 60, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and know the, if all of us know that. And the blue okay. one, which is fifty-eight-ish to sixty-one-ish, yeah. depending on where your overlap is. The colors are swapped. Oh, so the red yeah. one is blue and the blue one is red. Yeah, and wouldn't that make the blue one red and the red one blue? Well, split, uh, uh, yeah, split, exactly. head, split headset all states. Yeah, are supposed to be blue. Supposed to be blue. And solid headset all states are supposed to be red. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. 
But I'm sitting out looking at this going, well, you're a museum. You're supposed to have them being the right color. This is this is your job. Oh, Did you lodge you, a formal complaint? Oh, my God, complaint? dude. You were a male Karen so, at the barber farm. So, so now. So now fucking Karen barber. Now. speak to the manager? No, the funniest part is. The I'll secu- need to the speak sec- to the curator. Well, the, the security excuse guard. Me, sir, excuse the me, security sir, guard sir, hears sir. this. Do you see the red bike? That's supposed to be a blue bike. Well, no, bike. I'm looking at it going, well, you're a museum. This is kind of the way it's been. And Fire J does this every year. Like, Fire J literally, this is his job every year. What about this? No, they actually the, the security guard is like watching me as we roll through the thing. And he he's like, you know what? All right. And he takes me down through the back way and we go into the into the <laughs> lower garage. Me, sir, I'm going to give you Come a special me. tour. But he goes, we, we actually went to the garage where er, the warehouse were downstairs where everything that is waiting for restoration is stored. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> he's no, like, let's get that. this guy out of public. Yeah, yeah, can make sure that you felt small because yeah. <laughs> you know about those two bikes. Yeah, uh, the prob- a million bikes you don't know about. Right. Yeah, but the problem is I know about all of those bikes, too, because I'm that kind of train spotter. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> There's, there's, <laughs> dude, you walk into the building and like, if you walk in with Tom, yeah, right. you'll start to see weird flashes happen. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. And that, oh my God, you got one of those. They had, sir, the, we haven't had to use the special tour jacket in a uh, while. No Go kidding. ahead and get out the special they tour actually, jacket. They actually had, and it's been restored since then, which, which is great, but they have the oldest Honda dream that exists. Like Honda sent people to Barber because they'd managed to find this old dream that nobody knew existed. It was like the oldest one in existence. And the dude was like, here it is. I'm like, holy shit. And then they restored it. And I- <laughs> but isn't that kind of sick? I used to have one of those. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's the, it's the black. <laughs> Uh-oh. Which one do you have? No, I would be. It's but- a joke. Oh, yeah. Very simple. It was really cool. Very simple. I would go to Barber. Yeah. I would stand in that museum. Mm-hmm. And I would have a t-shirt that says free slaps. <laughs> and people are like, what do I got to do to get a free slap? And I wouldn't say anything. I just stand there. And the second somebody said, I used to have one of those, I'd yep. slap them. Oh, yeah. And then somebody figure out that's how you got a free that's slap. A free slap. <laughs> and I wouldn't have to advertise or anything, but motherfuckers would be bringing me like, they, once you got in on the joke. Oh, hey, this guy over here. Bring, bring, come here. Hey, tell them what you told me. Hey, hey Phil. Hey, Phil. I have one of those, but it was a 230 cc. <laughs> Just instantly. My, ve- so, my Vespa did 100 miles. Because <laughs> do you know why they built the? It's full of free slaps. Do you know why they built the Christmas? The, Christmas Just because fuck you. No, because you know originally they just had some KZ 900 and 1000s on the ground. And they're like, hey, I used to have one. Let me see that. They, oh my God. So they had to lift them up What's, and get them off the ground. What's, do you know why they have so many Christmas bikes in this fucking thing? Huh. You know, uh, baby, when I die, I want to make sure you, you do what's right with all my bikes. I want you to make, make sure they go to the museum <laughs> so people can worship my collection that has caused me to ignore you and the children for the past 60 years. Well, the, the, the best part is, to the, just to the right of that, is the Hall of BMWs, which is all the BMWs I'm, hanging uh, uh, from the ceiling. <laughs> Clearly, and it's they don't want you to be able to get your Peter. Oh no, on these no, bikes. no, 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 <laughs> no! You, you can go ahead and touch it. Like, like they have a, they have, they have the only moon commandment that I've ever seen in my life, and like all of the BMWs. <laughs> yep. There's a place called Dofo Dofo Winery. D O F F O. It's a really weird name. Is it on Dagobah? It's not on Dagobah. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, outside of San Diego. 
And uh, it's a winery, and it's run by a guy who's got a fucking collection of motorcycles. They serve beer? They serve, they serve food and they serve wine. I know because Renee and I got faced, right? Because we had some like Vespa Target Award or something. We had some Vespa Award and they sent us to Dofo Winery, all expenses paid tour. And uh, we turned it into a punk rock excursion. We hit like four punk rock shows in San Diego that same weekend on Vespa's money. Nice. But anyway, uh, the Dofo Motorcycle Collection <laughs> is mostly Ducatis mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're, they're legitimate collectors. But Scattered around the uh, the property at, Do- at Dofo, Moto Dofo, um, there are lots of motorcycles uh, around the wine casks. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but the difference between Dofo, as you can pull it up there, uh, the difference between Dofo and Barber is the people at Dofo are like, no, touch it. <laughs> you should sit on it. Would you like some wine? <laughs> Here, let's get you drunk and put you on. on yes. Duke. And, <laughs> and I swear to God. So what's funny about the, the, what I think is adorable about Dofo is, uh, you know, this guy that created the company has just got a thing for these Ducati jelly bean tanks and oh, bevel yeah. drives and oh, all yeah, this delicious yeah, yeah. shit. But then around the outside of his property, around the perimeter of his property, he'll just have like KZ 1000 P's. With a spike going through them, <laughs> weathering, just like out so you can sit on one and while you're enjoying oh. the nature and the whole deal. <laughs> on a pike. On a on pike. pike. <laughs> it's like hundreds, a merry-go-round. Hundreds. And like in, in, under the awnings of the, the facilities, every place you go in Dofo are, are just more and more and more bikes where they're not supposed to be necessarily <laughs> because they're just like, well... What are you going to, you got to have that thing where we you know, squ- squash the grapes. What are we going to do with the area underneath it? Well, we could just put motorcycles up uh, under there for no apparent <laughs> fucking reason. <laughs> so it's outdoors, <laughs> but it's also awesome. a motorcycle display area. And that's where, you know, when you, when you look at things like this and you're like, yeah, okay, that's a fun motorcycle collection because as you're walking around doing something else, yeah. you're also going, huh, check it out. Super Hawk. And like you look right in that picture, there's a Super Hawk right there. Boom. Right, yep. right. Straight up in front of you. And it's not just Italian bikes. It's all kinds of bikes, hundreds and hundreds of other bikes. But what I think is fun about it is the environment is on this winery. Yeah. And so you can just, <laughs> you just hang out and disappear there. And you're like, I need another bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll give you the glasses and they'll give you the wine, oh, yeah. the corkscrew, and then you just disappear out into the grounds. Did you witness when we were in Napa, like on, I don't know, my 40th birthday, so a long time ago, um, like, you know, we'd be sitting there debating whether or not we're going to get this one bottle of $85 wine. Okay. And then there's like a couple next to us, like, we'll take seven cases oh, yeah, of yeah, this yeah, and that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Can't win against man. that shit. No. Yeah. The, uh, these guys are very chilled out. I mean, they're that's a pretty solid garage for being in a winery. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's a that's a solid that's a solid. Yeah, I work at Badofo Winery. What do you do? I'm the motorcycle mechanic. Yeah, but no, he actually races. So the son's a racer. Oh, cool. So the son's out tearing it up. So I he's an he's an actual Arma and vintage you know vintage racer. Oh, so that's yeah. that's very cool. Super yeah. fun. All right, man. That's it. Anybody else got anything else? Nah. Uh, how long did we go, Steve? 224. Without weed. Go figure. You're an, <laughs> ass- you're an asshole. 
And on that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm an asshole. You're not going to try that again? You want to try that one more no, time? I'll do it. If you want me to do that on the way out, I'll remember, do it. Hey, remember, folks, that. sign up for your local DGR rally because it is important. We yeah. want to see date? everybody out there. What's the date on uh, that? 23rd, I think, of May, Sunday. Yes. yes. Yeah, Sunday the 23rd, I think that is. Yeah. And you said what, about 11 or 12 a.m.? Yeah, remember, for Cleveland people, for Cleveland people, don't get out of bed too early. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do anything bright and early. No, You'll no, have no. time to mow the lawn, service your wife, <laughs> do that stuff, right? For yourself. You'll Stop be able to do that, right? You'll be able to do stuff, get some food in your belly before you show up. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, Expect some big things. Go. I do have some talks in the work with our friends at Skidmark. We're going to try to team up on this one. Stop that could be kind of fun. Yeah. That's it. If nobody else says anything else, my God, Fresh, wake up and play us out of here. Bum, bum, Ride bum, fast. Bum, Take chances, bum, friends. Bum, Happy birthday, Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. Best friend, buddy, Steve, get us out of here. Eject, eject.